When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Welcome on in on this Wednesday, February 15th. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. I am Rob Ellis. What's up, fellas? You. What's up, man? Happy Hump Day. Yes. <laughs> Boy, you guys, are, you guys are enthusiastic today. I like this. Chipper. Got to be. Got to be. It's that I time, like that. Man. It's that time. Yeah, man, got to got to turn the page. Still, still stinging. Still have uh, some scars. Still got some bruises and some bumps. But uh, got to turn the page a little bit. That's the uh, problem, man. It's hard trying to train the plays, man. Especially, is. especially you know what what I witnessed, man. What what I saw, you know, what I'm saying it's just it's just it's it's real hard, man. I get I get mad every you know I literally get mad when I think about it. Sometimes I get a little pissed off. I didn't know you couldn't say pissed off on TV either. That's, that's something I didn't know. You could say pissed off, yeah. Well, well they say you're not supposed to, I was told I couldn't say it anymore. Where on on NBC or here? Yes, on NBC. Yeah, you know that's a, that's a tricky one. It's 2023. Here's the thing: FCC still puts certain regulations on you when you're a newscaster, broadcaster, sports caster. But and I talk about this with people all the time. Look at a lot of shows on different networks, and I'm just—I'm not just talking about CBS, ABC, NBC. I'm talking about TNT, TBS, all these. Shows. Dude, some of the words they're allowed to say nowadays on on on, t- on over the airwaves TV. I'm in some ways I'm shocked at how loose the the vocabulary has been allowed to become. You can see um, breast. You can see breast on regular like twelve o'clock in the afternoon now. Yes. And the words that I mean, you got people dropping the S word. That, yeah, I mean, it's it's. What are it's, the seven things? The seven things you can't say on TV. Seven things. It was like a George Carlin skit or something like that. I was yeah. talking about this yesterday, and uh, uh, I'm I'm just like going with with the win. Frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what if what is this? Uh, a dog two o five says, "Let's be real." Certain word should should. What is it? Should not be a swear word anymore. Really? Hey, I don't you're know. right. You're right. Cause really? 
Because if you say it at home, do you want your kid? You want to get a call from your your teachers, kids at school, saying well, hey, your little Johnny or Susie said this at school. We can't. We don't allow that. Really? Is that what you? Hey, I, I remember um, um, my father-in-law when my when you know my kids were you know growing up, and uh, <laughs> he would say like you know man you know God rest his soul now he passed away. I said, like, hey Mr. C, man, you got to stop cussing so much in front of the kids. They're gonna pick up them bad habits. He turned, oh, shit, damn, ain't cuss words. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, they, they, that's the thing. They do, kids pick up on everything. They don't miss nothing. And you know what, everything. kids, they always, they always, the words that always stick with them are the words that you get. You can't stop that. Stop. Don't say it. And they say it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm talking about. 15 months, 18 months. I'm not talking about four <laughs> and five year olds. I'm talking about the little ones that are just, just starting to understand what a vocabulary is. Yeah. And you get him just like, oh my goodness, please, please don't say that. Please do not say this. So I was usually pretty good around the kids. Uh, no. The one area I did struggle a little bit is in, when I would drive and I, mm. you know, someone would cut you off or be driving like an idiot. Yeah. You're not so, an angry driver, driver, are you? Uh, I've gotten no because look, there's too many nuts out there now to right. be that guy. But maybe back in the day, I, I could have been a little bit more, you know, controlled. So I, my son was like two, maybe, and I must have said something like, you know, bleepity bleep or something like that. And so we we get home later that day, and I'm doing something, and he's with my wife, and he says, um. <clears throat> Mommy, I won't use the word. Um, ing, beeping, bleeping, blah, blah, blah. And he said the, you know, whatever. And she was like, uh oh, uh oh. What? Like, That's what daddy says all the time in the car. Oh, and I'm, like, uh, I'm upstairs. And, I, and, and all I hear is like, what? And then I'm like, I come downstairs. That's all you heard. Oh, I, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, needless to say, I never heard the end of that one. So, yeah. I, I, I can probably say, Never swore. My wife and I never swore in front of our kids. I can't say that. Um, I can't say. The that. only time I swore, it, 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 one of my kids was by accident. My my daughter, my oldest daughter, was a teenager, and we it wasn't even serious. We were we were jaw jacking back and forth, jokingly in front of the pa family, and I accidentally said, "Oh, you, you oh you're a real smart aleck." I said, "Oh, you're a real smart ass." I caught myself, and the room was like E. F. Hutton because my kids, that oh, said ass. Mm. I, I never said that in front of my kids. So mm -hmm. even now, you know, there was words we say in front of our adult kids that we jokingly say nothing, nothing ever serious or like an intense moment. But uh, when they were little, we never, we never swore in front of our kids. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. My, uh, my 19 month old granddaughter right now has a phrase that she learned from her other grandfather by accident. And my daughter cannot get her to stop saying it. Which what's is, that? Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it, it could be a lot worse than that but i, I hear her first word is stop stop yeah. her favorite word is stop and then stop damn it and that's what she says i said oh geez oh my goodness all right good. well we guy got to finish your thought on that one no no, no that, that was it no all right well today we got daves and garrow at 12 30 uh two o'clock we got amy fadul we're gonna talk a little sixer sixers had their last game before the all-star break tonight against uh, the cavaliers a good matchup against the Cavs tonight and uh then they're off for eight days. So we'll talk to Amy. We'll get the down low on what's going on with the Sixers. Uh, she does the pre and post game studio work for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Davis and Garrow uh, was kind enough to hop on with us last week. 
from Arizona, of course, covers the Eagles for NBC Sports Philadelphia.com. Um, so we'll talk to him about everything that went down Super Bowl-wise. But obviously the big news, guys, and some of this came down yesterday when we were on the air, is the uh, the Eagles coordinators. Um, Jonathan Gannon is going to the Cardinals. Is uh, That is official. And Shane Steichen is officially the Colts uh, head coach. Actually had his press conference yesterday. Uh, he got emotional when he was talking about Nick Sirianni. So here's the question I have. I, I think we we sort of we went on autopilot a little bit saying, hey, it's definitely going to be Brian Johnson as the offensive coordinator. Uh, very well could be Denard Wilson as the defensive coordinator. Do we think it's that cut and dry that they just go from within and, and just promote guys? Uh, to me, Johnson seems like more of a lock. I'm not saying Wilson isn't, but but Johnson just makes too much sense with his ties with, with Jalen, et cetera. But where do you guys fall on this? I said it yesterday, and I stand by today. Brian Johnson is the leading candidate to be elevated um, to the offensive coordinator. You look at his history and his relationship with Jalen Hurts. I mean, Brian Johnson was coached by Jalen's dad. Right. Brian Johnson has known Jalen since he was four years old. Um, you can see on the sideline the bond between them. Um, the Eagles would be smart to elevate him and give him his opportunity. Everything I've seen about him since Monday is he's the next rising star. He's the next big name you're going to be hearing about across the National Football League. Okay, well, I, I want to see it. If you have a, if there's one thing you want to do with a quarterback, you want to put him in a situation he's comfortable with in terms of mentors slash friends from co- those who are coaching him and critiquing what he does. It is the perfect scenario scenario for the Eagles to elevate Brian Johnson to that role. Defensively, I don't think it's so cut and dry. When you look at the multitude of names, defensive names out there that are available, uh, I'm not saying in-house is not the right way to go. But And, and I mentioned this yesterday, a lot of the big names have already been gobbled up in yeah. terms of positions. But there's some really intriguing names out there um, that, that could come in here and and, and take this, take take hold of this defense, whatever it looks like, because we know it's going to be different, especially when you hear some of the comments from Eagle players from yesterday, like C.J. Gardner-Johnson on Instagram. It's been real. People are wondering, is he saying goodbye? And James Bradbury said, I ain't playing for cheap. Right. I mean, can you blame him? No. I, I Look, that, that's exactly what I expected. We talked about this yesterday. The only hometown discount I think they're getting is Brandon Graham, and I don't blame one of the players for for not taking one. Why? Why would you? You got to get every penny you can get. So uh, good for them. I, I, hey man, do do your thing. You no issue with yeah. that whatsoever. Right. You whatsoever. get a small amount of time to maximize your money making potential. That's yeah. it. So and I, I, Derek, I agree with you, Barrett. I'm curious where you're at with this. I, I think Johnson feels like lock ish. Denard Wilson, I'm not saying it, it isn't his, but I think that might be a little bit more open than the offensive side. Yeah, um, just as, you know, you saw you saw Jalen Hurst's biggest progression in his in his career ever was his jump from last year to this year. Yeah, and I think a lot of that came from him being in the same offense, having the same coordinator for more than two years in a row. For two years in a row, he hasn't had that entire his entire career since college college he he got a new coordinator every year he was in college every single year he had a new coordinator yep. from alabama to oklahoma then to the nfl um last year he had some consistency had the same guy calling the plays and you saw his biggest jump that's not a um 
it's not a coincidence. You know what I'm saying? That familiarity breeds confidence in what you're doing. It becomes um, almost like it's status quo because you know what this guy is going to call. You kind of know what you're looking for. He knows what he's looking for, and he feels Jalen. Why not use the guy that's with Jalen the most? And I would I'll venture to say that Brian Johnson, quarterback coach, is with him the most. Right. Um, the only other guy I could say that could be in that mix is uh, Kevin Petulo. Maybe he becomes the um, yeah, he's highly respected. Coach. Yep. He's right now the passing game coordinator. On that side of the ball, I think they'd be cool with that, you know, keeping there. They were number one against the pass during the regular season for what it's worth. So here we go with, with, with you know, now uh, Denard Wilson. I know he's well-respected in that locker room. I know the guys love him. Um, I don't know if he can call. Has he been a, a defensive coordinator no, before? has not. See, has that's, not. that's, you know, not, you know, and, and, you know, Brian Johnson has never been an NFL offensive coordinator. Has not. But he, but he was when he was with Florida, in Florida, where he had three styles of running, um, three styles of quarterbacks that he had to coach. And, um, you know, Trask, uh, they had Johnson and, and another kid, too. This, I think he may have had a little bit of Anthony Jones. Richardson, the kid the kid who was uh, – Anthony uh, Richardson. Young, like earlier in his career, yeah. Yep. Um, and, 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 and Trask. Who's now down in Tampa Bay now? Tampa, right? right. Yeah. So he knows how to coach all three kinds of quarterbacks you can have. You know what I'm saying? You have dual threat, then you have a guy that's just a runner, and then he had a guy who was just a passer. Mm-hmm. He's be he, he would be the logical guy to step in, especially since he's being entertained by teams, anyways. Right. But Denar Denar Wilson, I don't know if he's been a coordinator. You know, well, I'll give you I'll give you his resume, B. So uh Eagles last this year he was the defensive passing game coordinator and defensive backs coach. Last year, just defensive backs. Uh 2019 and 20, passing game coordinator, D backs, same position with the Jets. D backs the year be, the two years prior with the Jets. He was with the Rams when they were in both St. Louis and LA. He was defensive backs coach. Early in his, his career with the Rams, he was defensive quality control. And then he, going back to 08 to 11, he was a Bears professional scout. Before that, uh, he was a grad assistant at Maryland where he played his college ball. So he hasn't been a, a coordinator. But but just giving you his resume. It doesn't mean he can't do it. I'm just well, telling you. Steichen wasn't either, right? I mean, I mean Steichen was – he was a he was an officer coordinator, I think, in San Diego. When he yeah. Went to San Diego. Right. Yeah. So, I, I, again, but you got to – everybody jumps off somewhere. You know, well, I mean, was, Gannon wasn't a defense coordinator either, though. He was just a defensive backs coach. That's correct. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, it's everybody has to make the leaps at some point in their career. So, well, I see a know, lot I, of people on board with getting um, Lovey Smith an opportunity. Lovey Smith is, uh, I, I mean, I, I definitely consider him also. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I don't think you have to be um, in a huge rush. Right. At that, because kind of whoever's out there still is is out there, unless unless Jonathan Gannon grabs him up in in Arizona. But whoever's out there, you could you could certainly make a play for. I mean, the beauty of the guys that are in your in house, you 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 know their tendencies, you know what they do well, maybe what the weaknesses are, you know, etc. So you have a pretty good handle on this thing. I, I just I think offense seems pretty obvious, and defense, I don't know, I I don't know honestly. I think that one could be up in the air a little bit. I don't think there's an immediate rush to hire a DC, but you better do it sooner rather than later because whoever you're hiring, you want them to have some input in terms of what type of players they want in their defense, body size, agility, 
at various positions. You know, a lot of coaches, especially coordinators, don't like going into blind situations because that affects their overall critique, how people critique them. Sure. If you can come in from the ground on the ground running, because you got to make whatever Howie cannot do in terms of re-signing certain players, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to refill the cupboard. You really do, whether it's by way of free agency or a combination with the draft. And your defensive coordinator should. Have, this is a perfect spot for a defensive coordinator to come into, you know, because. You got two good draft picks. You got two of the top top thirty, and as you were mentioning earlier, you got what four of the top ninety four picks. Yep. So you're in a perfect. Even though the Eagles only have six overall picks right now, they're in a great position to replenish the cupboard with some quality picks in the first ninety four. If you go for defensive players, I mean, people, you know, look at Dallas a few years ago. They spent their first six picks on defensive players. It panned out for them in terms of making them a better defense, not a great defense, but a faster, younger defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Eagles are in the same situation. You know, you have a sprinkling left of, of of good foundational players on that defense. If it's Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, uh, players like Darius Slay, um, but you need and, you know, and you have young players like Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis. But you're going to have to replenish the stock with some veterans. And what kind of vets do you want to want in here? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you're right. I mean that. There's a couple things um, that you have to have some degree of urgency. And, you know, obviously with, with getting Jalen Hurts straightened out in his contract and what that's going to cost and how much money you can – you have a lot to be able to go after some of these guys. It, it, it certainly plays into this thing too. There's got to be some – because we talked about it the other day. All this stuff is right on you. The combine's right on you. Yep. You know, the draft's right around the corner. They have the combine February 27th. Today's the 15th, right, 12 days away. Right, right. You have – uh, free agency is March 6th, or I'm sorry, March 15th. And then the draft is the 27th through the 29th of April. So it's close. You know, we're, we're not far away from all of yeah, these kind of things. Yeah. It's just the way it goes, man. It's good. It's a good thing when you're up against it like this because it means you went really far in the season. You went into almost mid-February. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, you know, what they end up doing there. And, and just, to, just to refresh people's memories here, defensively they were eighth in points 17th against the run that's definitely an area they have to improve again they're rushing defense and it bit them in the ass in, in, in the super bowl i said one of the bad words sorry but uh passing game 179 they give 179 on, in the air which is phenomenal that was first they were second in yards so pretty really strong across the board other than maybe the run defense offensively third in scoring fifth in rushing ninth in passing third in yards so, you know, whoever is stepping in here. Now, some of this depends on who stays and who goes, frankly. But at least from an offensive perspective, if you think about it, you might have to replace running back, which isn't the hardest thing in the world these no, days. No, no. And you might have to replace your starting guard in Isaac Sayamala. But for the most – and if Kelsey's decision is going to obviously be a big deal too. But you have stud receivers. You have a stud tight end. You have a stud quarterback. If Kelsey comes back, you have a stud center, stud tackle. I think you still have a stud, a stud center, um, even there. Like in the wings, Cam Jurgens. Yeah, well, it looks like know, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a really good player, and that's why it's not to me. It's not. I mean, you're not going to get the same as a Kelsey. Kelsey's, you know, he he was born for this, but I think you know Cam Jurgens is just right there with him. Not exactly at that point. He's not even nowhere near it, but he can mold himself into being a really, really good physical good player yeah you lose a lot of the um you i mean you, you, 
you're just going to lose a lot of 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 the nuances that you had with Kelsey. You know, he just didn't have the experience. But him sitting back and learning from Kelsey this year is definitely going to put him in a great position to be great. As no question. Better. Yeah, this this is a great learning year for him. And it, it, yeah. you, you know, and you're right. Some of the experience stuff and. You know what he's saying, but anyway, you, you offense defense is a little bit different because you could be losing significant firepower over there. You could be losing your, your other starting corner. Yeah. You could be losing your your safety, who was you know the ball hawk and hitter and CJ Gardner Johnson. Um, you could be losing a lot of pieces along that defensive line, including you know uh, what Graham Hargrave. I'm just trying to think of the guys that were in double digit sacks who who could potentially be going. Yeah. Uh, Graham Hargrave. You know, Fletcher Cox could be going as well. Um, you know, really, your linebacking core, two Both out of three. Starters. Yeah, guys, you're white and TJ. So that might be a tougher job, whoever takes that thing over. And maybe that is taken into account. No, I think it'd be better because it gives your it gives the coordinator coming in more of a say in what type of defense he wants to run. He's not pigeonholed with the talent that he has because a lot of that talent's not going to be there. Okay. So he can kind of mold what he wants in a, in talent. From uh, what what he what he has right there, mm-hmm. I hear you. Um, all right, so you, Gunner, I think you referenced it. Uh, the the nonsense from uh, from Juju Smith Schuster. Um, so anyway, yesterday he posts on social media uh, a, a Valentine's Day, you know, an, an ode. So he puts Happy Valentine's Day, everybody, with a heart, and the caption. It's a picture of James Bradbury with the to and from, but above Bradbury's headshot, it says, I'll hold you when it matters most. Okay. Which was really a weird, like shots fired out of nowhere. Like I, here's what I don't get. And, I, and I'll tell you what some of the Eagles responses and guys around the league who jumped all over them. But like, why are you dunking on somebody rather than reveling with your teammates and enjoying exactly. that? Like, exactly. that's the first thing I don't get. And that's part exactly. of the mentality. I'm going to sound like an old man for a second. So be it. What do you say? It is. It, there's a little bit of a, a, a millennial mentality that not only do I want to have success, I want to rub it in somebody else's face. Like, I have no issue celebrating, but I don't like showing other people up. I, I've never I've never gotten no. that. No. Like, win graciously, and you don't need to crap on people out the door, okay? It was a borderline call. You got the call. Fine. And Bradbury owned it, by the way, after the game. But to take a like a shot out of nowhere is a really weird move to me. I'd like to hear you guys react. Right. I mean, he, he he just thought he got beat. That's why you didn't see him acting a fool or acting like he was held because he just felt as though he was covered on the play. Right. You know, so he didn't really see, he didn't even feel the 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 you know the holding call against him. That's why he didn't react. It wasn't until afterwards that when the flag was thrown that he acted like, oh, yeah, he held me. Come on, dude. I mean, you just you, – you're reaping the benefits of a great quarterback. It's not like you play great. It's not like he is great. Mm-hmm. He has been terrible since he left the Steelers. In, in fact, that's why the Steelers let him go because he was terrible. Mm-hmm. Slow as pond water. It's just he had a great quarterback helping him out. And that's the biggest thing. Because the quarterback helped him out, he looked like he's better than what he is. He'll go into somewhere else and be terrible. An afterthought. Yes, terrible. It wasn't like he was good. No, uh-uh. That's why they didn't have a problem. He got he reaped the benefits of a great system with a great quarterback. Walk with humility in all phases of life. 
it's that simple. You know what? Enjoy the moment because you were able to do something that not every player in the National Football League gets to do, which is to be a part of a Super Bowl winning team. For every one player that wins it, there are thousands who never get to experience that. We know how difficult it is to get back to that moment. You should first and foremost, the first thing out of your mouth after that game should have been, I want to thank the Kansas City Chiefs for giving me a second chance in life. That's yep. all you should have said. But for you to single out, when you consider <clears throat> how many bad plays you've made compared to the good plays, you landed in the perfect spot. You landed with the current GOAT of the National Football League. You you landed with one of the most creative offenses in all of pro football. Yes, you had a great second half, great third quarter, no, no taking that from you. Why can't you just appreciate that moment? Because – you in football on, on both sides of the ball, you beat and you get beat. It's just the nature of the, the, business. Nature of the business. Yeah, everybody gets beat and everybody has that moment where they beat somebody else across the line of scrimmage from them. You have played enough football in your life from high school, college, and pros to know that that should be ingrained in your mind. For you to single out uh, that one particular play and to attack an individual who who is one of your your fraternity. You got exactly what you deserved from A.J. Brown and everybody else who jumped in on you. A.J. Brown's response was was the best out of all of them. Yeah. So you got exactly what you deserve in that situation, and hopefully it's a valuable learning moment for you because you were not a leader to the Super Bowl. You were a follower to the yeah. Super Bowl. <laughs> right, well, let me, give you, let me give you the responses. So A.J. Brown uh, chimed in first. First off, congratulations. Y'all, y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on your way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one deal, one year deal TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you. Don't act like that was or ever was, but congratulations again. All right. So that was AJ. AJ. <laughs> yep. Then Bradbury jumps in and said, just, just simply all pro hashtag APJB. <laughs> Darius Slay, come on, bro. Doing it too much. Uh, and then Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah. Former chief. Front runner, bro. CJ Gardner Johnson. Schoolboys acting like gangsta. <laughs> CJ again. I got more interceptions than Bra had TDs. That's true. Maybe I need to change the receiver. <laughs> there you go. CJ again. Uh, Juju ran from me when I check him in the game. Then 10 got his smoke. Anyway, wait. You know, Micah Parsons chimed in. Of course he did because he always chimed in. He has to. Damn social media has allowed players' social media skills be better than their football skills. Hashtag. Yeah. I have to admit that was that, pretty that good. Was good. That was like Ooh. that was like from the top rope, Micah Parsons. Like, oh, out of nowhere. Here he comes. Boom, Micah Parsons. So anyway. Uh, it, nobody likes Juju. Well, that was the interesting thing. Like, non-Eagles players were like, dude, really? Like, you know, like, what are you doing, man? Like, you don't do that kind of thing. If so, I'm Ju- if I'm Juju, I take a nice long vacation on an island where nobody watches football, yeah. and just sit there f- and just sit there for a week and enjoy the sun and fun and don't respond to anybody. Yeah, because you got to- you got toasted, you got toasted for something you should not even have brought to the forefront. Everybody knows what the play was. The the the, the guy who 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 committed the infraction was a stand-up guy came out and said, yes, I was holding. Right. He didn't come out saying, man, that was questionable. We Everybody's been holding in the game. I don't know why the ref singled me out. He said, yes, it was holding. 
You don't get many players that will say that in an emotional moment like that, even a day after in an emotional moment like that. You don't get many players that say that. I got a lot of props for Bradbury for being that stand-up guy coming out and admitting it, okay, which I said on Monday. Should 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 uh, douse the fire real quick because that was a heated discussion all Sunday night into Monday morning about whether it was a penalty or not. Man, the guy I admit who, nothing. Huh? I would admit nothing. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know what I'd have said, Barrett? What? Hey, look, I can stand here and him and haw about it all day. The bottom line is the ref made the call. Yep. Was I surprised? Yes. But you know what? It is what it is. Right. That that one play in in, in in the bigger picture, that one play should not have cost us the game. Boom. Yeah. Well said. Well said. All right, let's come back. We'll talk to Dave Zingara. We'll get his thoughts on what might happen with the coordinator spots, what went wrong in the game, what went down, Jalen Hurts, what the contract's going to be. A lot to get into. Some of the defensive issues, some guys who might be departing. A lot of ground to cover when we come back with Dave. Amy Fadul coming up at 2 o'clock as well. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Wednesday. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because I can tell you from personal experience, I had a tough time finding the right guy to invest my money with. And I found that right person. And I want you to have that trustworthy right person as well. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover, Jim. I couldn't be any happier. Give him a call. You will be too. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. That's how you reach him. Via phone, you could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at Principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at Principal.com. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno, and I'm the Managing Director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Wednesday, everybody. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Barrett Brooks. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are joined by our next guest. Guest does an awesome job covering the Eagles for NBC Sports. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia also has uh, a really good podcast with Ruben Frank called Eagle Eye, and we appreciate him hopping on with us last week from the site of the Super Bowl in Arizona. Dave, what's going on, my man? How you making out? I'm doing all right, getting like some sleep in this week, which is nice. <laughs> What's that? What is that? I'm not, I'm not. I know you're not familiar with that after the way last week went, but yeah. I thought and, you'd be on a deserted island somewhere right now. We have an exotic trip coming soon. What's What's the yeah, idea? I'm happy to be home for a little bit. Honestly, it, it's such a you know covering a Super Bowl is fun, but it is it's a grind, and it's you know I got out there the Saturday, like. Saturday through the next Monday, so I was there for you know a long time, and you're you're living out of a hotel, and yeah. uh, it was so funny. So my hotel, like I didn't get room service the whole time, or not room, I didn't get maid service the whole time. Um, so like I'd been eating meals up there. So I eventually went, yeah. I went down to the desk and asked for a trash bag. Like I had to tidy up my room myself because like I can't leave it. Like that. <laughs> I think I was a slob in there for a week. Dude, you, you're like me, dude. When I go to hotels and I stay extended periods of time, I don't let maid service come in. I Why never not? let them come in. Well, basically because I don't want to. I don't want to have to deal with the potent possibility of anything missing. Yeah. You know, you yeah. hear the stories about people missing jewelry, stuff like this. And I just don't. You know, and and when I go in my room, I set up my things a certain way. I don't want stuff moved. You know, and I do, I do, I clean the room myself and I'm just like Dave, I'll go down. Can I have a trash bag, please? Yeah. And you know what I do? Tie it up, leave it right outside the door. They can take that. That's, that's what they take. I don't, I don't let them in my room. Dang. No. Okay. Okay. Um, there you go. Life lessons from Gunner. All right. Uh, Dave, so let's hit a couple things. Um, is it, we were talking about this earlier with, with both coordinators going, is it a slam dunk that it's Brian Johnson and Denard Wilson, it, would you weigh one more heavier than the other? If one is not a lock, who are some of the options here? Have they even dug that deep into this thing? Where, where do you stand with the coordinators leaving? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Brian Johnson is certainly a slam dunk. Um, he, the timing ended up working out there because the Eagles were, in, were playing for so long. The, the, the worry there was that another team was going to come calling he get hired as an offensive coordinator, and then they would lose Shane Steichen. I mean, that was the worst-case yeah. scenario. But now they have an opportunity to keep Brian and 
I, I think he's ready to be an offensive coordinator. That makes a ton of sense. Denard Wilson makes the, the most sense defensively if they want to just promote from within. Nick Rollis is an interesting name, too, but uh, I think Denard is ahead of him. Who, who is that, uh, Dave, for people who may not know? Yeah, sure. Sorry. Uh, Nick Rollis is their linebackers coach, and Denard Wilson is their defensive backs coach. Mm-hmm. Rollis is really young. I mean, he's barely 30, but uh, he, he's going to be – a defensive coordinator in the league. He's going to keep rising. But another part of this too is like, you have to worry eventually about the overall talent in your coaching staff, because Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's a lot of good reasons to promote from within. I I think it creates the right culture. uh, And I think they have some talented people who they can promote right now, but uh, you do worry about if you keep promoting and it's great, but, are you still going to have the high level talent in the coaching staff that you want to have? Um, we've seen that be a problem here before we've seen, you know, Andy Reed was never really able to replace those early assistants. Even Doug Peterson uh, tried to promote from within, promote from within. And then when it wasn't working, Jeff Laurie said, here's Rich Scangarello, figure it out. And mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Right. It, it didn't, it wasn't a good way to go about things. So um, it, it's a tricky deal because I, I think, they do have a lot of talent in that coaching staff, but you want to try to replenish at times too. Uh, and another part of this is you just had two coordinators hired away. Who are they going to take with them? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a problem. And I, Nick has always joked about like, you know, he joked with Gannon last year, like he's not allowed to take anybody, but I mean, Nick took coaches with them. Nick took uh, Kevin Petullo. He took Jason Michael. So, the chances are some of these lower level assistants are going to get promotions by leaving and, and going with Gannon or Steichen. You can have mm-hmm. Michael Clay. You can be- <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you all the pins and stuff. You can have Sippos stuff. too. We'll throw Sippos in there. You know, who, you know who <laughs> done. 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 Uh, Roy Estevan, who is their well, line coach, line yeah. coach. Uh, you're not getting stout, but maybe you can get the next best thing. So one of these guys ought to hire him. I better be not do that because um, if they if they take him, I'm sorry, guys, but I got to go be a coach. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This, yeah. this may impact us, Gunner. Yeah, look, you're, let me not, tell, you're not look, working those thank hours. You. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Dave. Thank you. Hold on. Thank to you, work Dave. with the Set great. straight, Dave. To work with the great Stoutland. He ain't doing it, Dave. Heck he yeah. Ain't doing it. Dave. I think he'd do it. I actually think he would do it. Dave, cool. the biggest question is, would he get there on time? Oh, oh, oh. that's a shot. We all in front of the company right now. He's gonna do me like that. You're airing our dirty laundry in front of Dave. We all in front of the company. No, no, this has nothing to do with it. This is this is knowing him for years. No, I am airing no dirty laundry. No, Gunner's uh, Gunner's up in a a tower somewhere taking shots. Okay, interesting. Um, how quickly, Dave, do you think they make these calls? Is this, do you think, I mean, because you're up, you're like up against everything here. We're combines right around the corner. You know, this, this stuff's pretty tight. Yeah. It it can't linger too, too long. Uh, and honestly, it's like so many other coaching staffs are in place. Um, it's not really a reason to, to draw this out. You don't want to rush it, but, uh, you know, we're getting the combine is right around the corner. You're doing draft prep. You're doing free agency prep. You have to have your coaching staff in place. So uh, I don't think it's going to take super long. Uh, I think they, and, and, you know, I asked Nick Sirianni about this a few weeks ago, uh, how much he's prepared for this. And he said he obviously wouldn't dish out any names at that point, but 
he said that he had plans for for both scenarios. And now I, I, he might have not thought he was going to lose both of them in the same day. Right. But they, they've put thought into this. Uh, it wasn't a super big shock. Maybe the way it happened, because uh, for a while there, it looked like they were going to be in the clear and they were going to get both back. But uh, they always knew it was a possibility they'd lose these coaches and, and they've prepared as such. Dave, I've, I've, I've said that uh, it's imperative they hire a defensive coordinator sooner rather than later, simply because you have the combine coming up, free agency to draft, and you want to have somebody in place who also wants to have input in, t- in terms of what type of player they want in their defense, body size, you know, speed, versatility, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's better you, you get somebody in there now so the mindset starts gearing towards, okay, let's look for these type of players for this particular guy's system, whether it's somebody they're keeping in house or whoever they bring in from the outside. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think it'll take super long either. Denard yeah. Wilson's interesting because kind of like Gannon, he has a scouting background. Yep. Uh, so you'd imagine he's going to play a pretty, if it ends up being him, he's going to play a pretty big role in figuring out who their players are going to be. Um, I think it's worthwhile to, Think about like overall ideas about defense and like what do we want to be. Like, I don't think that's a, a bad thing to do. I think overall this defense was very good this year, and we yeah. saw some of the flaws going in the Super Bowl. So I like I think that the opinions on Gannon are made and they're not changing. Uh, but I I do I do think it's a loss. Um, they they had some stability. It was a good defense. Did they get exposed in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, but by one of the greatest coaches and one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. So um, I get it. The defense didn't live up to their end of the bargain, especially in the second half of that game. But there is something to be said for a little bit of consistency, and I think Denard would provide that. Now, looking at you know, looking at all the players that are going to be in free agency – and then going forward, wouldn't you think that it'd be a better opportunity for a coach outside of the organization to come in? That way he had really had Carl Blanc to do whatever he wants to do in the system. Yeah, they could. Then the question becomes, who's that guy? Um, the timing were like everyone for a long time was thinking, eh, maybe Vic Fangio will come here. He's gone. The, the timing yeah. obviously doesn't work out for that. Uh, and that's, that's disappointing if that was an option because he's a great coach uh, and he's been a really great coach for a long time, but well, uh, love you. Love is interesting. I, I don't know if, if he wants to do it. I mean, that's the first thing, a guy who's coming off a head coaching stint, he might be cool with sitting back and cashing a check. I think I would be for a year, you know? Uh, so that they'd have to figure out if that would be something he'd even be interested in, but yeah, he'd be a guy you'd, you'd at least be curious about. He's been a good DC in the NFL for a long time. Um, one more, one more. Yeah. What, what about Vance Joseph? Since Gannon is going to hmm. Arizona, what are the chances he keeps the former? Uh, you're, you're, so Vance would be fun. Eagles fans would like Vance's style more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually covered Vance when he was a DB's coach in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I mean, he'd be fun, he, but you'd have to change your style. You'd have to – I think the Eagles have enough versatile pieces on defense that are coming back he'd be able to, but 
Well, it'll um, actually be it'll actually be more similar in the aspect that it would be all three four instead of four three. It'd be all three four. It would be, but like sometimes. So Vance learned a lot from Wade Phillips, and a lot mm. of like you think of three four, and you go to like, are they two gapping? Is it boring? But yeah. no, like Wade's Wade's hey, one gap, yeah, one yeah. gap three four. So it's like, mm. uh, I, I'll be honest, I haven't watched a ton of of Cardinals other than I did. They're, they're more so an over front instead okay. of a, a three four front. They call it, it's over. It's still like it's four defensive linemen. Yeah, but they're over in a gap. It's actually three, four. They just one gap it instead of three gap. But then okay. out of that conceptually, they blitz out of it more. That's what. Yeah, they certainly do blitz more. And like the one gapping three four is like a nice compromise from like we, we we've had these four threes here for so long, um, and we've gotten used to it. And Gannon introduced a little three four, obviously, uh, and and really with that that whatever you call it, the penny front whatever you want to call it. So we've gotten more used to seeing that in recent years that the Vance Joseph defense would be like a blend of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they would blitz more though. And that would make people happy. So Dave, let, let's uh, let's talk about what the heck happened in the, in the game. Um, things looked good in the first half. They, they really came unraveled in the second half and couldn't get a stop. It was not just Mahomes dicing you in the air. They couldn't stop the run game either. Uh, four possessions, three touchdowns, a field goal. We know, couple mitigating circumstances one was a five-yard drive after the bad punt and the punt return but the other one they could have scored on had they chosen to what in your estimation happened other than just hey it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid like what 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 was going on that they weren't able to execute at all yeah I, I think to me it's just the big mistakes you can't make um and Jalen played a great game that fumble obviously was seven points mm-hmm. uh, and before the fumble it was the Isaac Samalu false start that set it up. They yep. sneak that, if not, and they probably get the first down. That drive keeps going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to put any blame on Jalen, though. He played great. He gave him a chance to win. The defense was bad. And, and like, I think there are just – like, the punt return, you can't give Patrick Mahomes the ball inside the 10-yard line and stop him. So, I mean, that's a big play. I kind of agree with AJ Brown when they kicked the field goal to go oh, up. That's going to bring that up. Yep. 27 21. And I'm not even saying that Nick should have gone for it on fourth down. It was just the fact that, like, they had to do that. And you start trading field goals for touchdowns, it's not going to go well. Uh, and, and look, the defense just didn't play well. And, and mm-hmm. you, I like that you brought up the run game because. Even when you're going to get up against a great quarterback, you still want to stop the run. You still want to make them as one-dimensional as possible. And the Eagles weren't able to do that. Uh, Andy called just <laughs> a heck of a game. It yeah. was a clinic. Um, Gannon's getting all the blame here, and, and I understand that. Andy deserves a ton of credit. That that mm-hmm. his game plan, his play calls. I mean, we've seen all the breakdowns now of those two kind of fake jet sweep motion plays. Um, he just schemed guys wide open. And then that's the thing you it's, we got a taste of what the rest of the league sees when they watch the chiefs and go, why is Travis Kelsey wide open? Why don't they cover yeah. him? It's not like any teams going in the game saying we're not going to tr- cover Travis Kelsey. It's that they scheme him open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the problem right there. Yeah. The just, route, the routes he runs. Is it weird. wasn't spoken about enough the week leading in the experience on their side and the lack thereof on the Eagles side. And I think it, it really reared its ugly head. If you're an Eagles fan. Well, you it can't did. do that. And yeah. I, I look, I, 
I, I think the Eagles had, had a really good coaching staff and um, Andy's gotten better in, in game management situations too. Mm-hmm. I thought the yep. Eagles had a big advantage there. Uh, I thought they had a fourth and three on their own 32 and Nick punted. I would have gone for it there in the moment. I was like, go for it. Like, I think you just need to be super aggressive in a game like that, where points are going to, you're going to score points or they're going to be points on both sides. Uh, but I can't really crush Nick for anything. I, I thought he had an aggressive mindset the whole year and it got him to that game. I, I thought that was the one moment where I was like, okay, like I probably would have gone for it there, but um, the chiefs deserve credit. I, I was impressed by the way the Eagles lost. Um, they gave them their credit. They deserve it. They do. Yeah. They played a great game. Uh, the Eagles made some big mistakes and you can't make big mistakes against that team and that quarterback and that coach. Hey, Dave, two questions in one. Um, First of all, the fourth down play you were talking about, you know, they decided to take the field goal instead of going for it. (laughs) Sirianni had converted 73% of his fourth down attempts throughout the season. That was a shocker in itself. How how shocked were you? Number two, AJ, and I said it on the show yesterday, I was surprised that he came out and openly said, when we settle for three instead of going for it, at that point, he felt there was a probability of, of losing that game. Now, I used to hearing players admit it like that, that openly. Yeah, with AJ, I, I think it got misconstrued quite a bit. I don't think okay. it was necessarily a shot at Nick for not going for it. No, I, no, no, I didn't mean that. Yeah, no, no, I know you don't. I, I think yeah. some people did take it that way. Uh, oh, because he, he referenced, Dave, real quick, he referenced in Tennessee, he saw the same thing happen, and he just had the same sinking feeling. It, yeah, it wasn't the same thing. Like it was just he said he got the same feeling from it. in Tennessee. It was like a complete. It was he was talking about the divisional round last year against the the, uh, the Bengals. Uh, Tannehill threw an interception with the ball at like thirty seconds left, and the Bengals drove down the field, kicked a field goal with no time left to move to the AFC Championship game. That's what he was talking about. And he just meant it was like he got the same feeling. Like oh, this isn't good. Yeah. Uh, and look, I was in the press box thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, you got points, but yeah. What's that going to do? Like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. uh, they're still a touchdown away from taking a lead, and they did with with ease, you know. Um, so I, he was he was as dejected as I think a player could be on Tuesday, and that's mm. a couple days after the game. Uh, it, it's funny. It's like it's I was telling this to Rube on, on the Eagle Eye podcast. It, it's almost like watching how people deal with grief when they lose someone. It's like people deal with it differently. Like some people are going to be like, I just want to move on. I just want to learn for like, Jay, I just want to move on. I just want to learn from it and get better. Uh, AJ wants to sit in it a while. And I think like mm-hmm. there's, there are reasons and there's validity to do both depending on the person. Now at a certain point, you got to move on at a certain point, you know, you start to practice again. You can't be thinking about that. Uh, Cause it can be gut wrenching at a certain point. If AJ is still there, then it becomes yeah. a problem and Jalen's got to pull him out of it. But, for now, I get it. I mean, it's that's a crushing loss. It's it's harder to lose a game in a more devastating fashion uh, after the year they had. Because, and, and I wrote this, and I, I feel kind of bad because it was kind of a grim piece that I wrote. But it's hard to imagine things ever being set up better than they were mm-hmm. this year for the Eagles. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if if the stars are ever going to align quite the same way. And that's not saying they can't yeah. get back there. That's not saying Jalen will never get back there, but there were so many things working in their favor. They even played a pretty good game in the Super Bowl, and they still lost. And it just reminds you that this league is so hard. It's so hard to win. It's so hard to get there. 
it's so hard to be the last team standing. And even when everything goes your way, sometimes it still doesn't matter. You know, with the, with the exception of just that, that fumble, Jalen Hurts played an absolutely incredible, incredible game. And, you know, you got frauds, you know, even frauds on our, our timeline talking about, you know, uh, the Eagles were frauds. The Eagles deserve to be. They were the better team. It's just the team with the better quarterback, you know, at that time in the second half won the game. Because if you look the first half, the Eagles had the better quarterback. You know what I'm saying? In the second half. He, I mean, they went play for play, duel for duel. And I really believe that Jalen Hurts was actually the better quarterback. So in, in saying that, I, I don't can't know if he was a better quarterback. Huh? I don't know if he was a better quarterback. <laughs> well, in the first half, Jalen Hurts outdueled okay. that quarterback. Who okay. was a better quarterback? Who was on the field more? All right. Who was on the field more? Who had more plays? Who made more big plays in the first half? Second half, who also made plays in the second half? It wasn't like there was that much of a big difference between the two. But he made the, the killer mistake, though, Pete. Yes, the killer mistake, though. That's what I, I get that. So that's why you'll say Mahomes is a better quarterback. But player for play, Mahomes was right there with him. I mean, uh, uh, Patrick, uh, I mean, Hertz and Patrick Mahomes were right there neck and neck. You know what I'm saying? So I believe that he is a franchise quarterback. We should go ahead and pay him right now. But I hate that people are saying that this is really so much a huge difference between the two, and I don't think so. Uh, in that game, probably not. Jalen played one of his best games we've ever seen. I, look, I, <clears throat> I think Jalen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's going to get paid, and it's going to be a lot. I mean, we're talking like the the low end is forty five mil a year. Like it, it, he is, he's the dude. He, they're going to pay him. Uh, Mahomes is an alien. Uh, I mean, that's he, the best way to describe it. Thank I love you. It. Uh, and, and it's like, it, sometimes I got to check myself because I'm like, am I being like hyperbolic about this dude? Like, is he that good? He's that good. I, he's just, yes. he's that good. And um, there was not like it, I, the one thing I keep coming back to in this game is we never got to see the pass rush get to him. And I think part of that was the field and not to make, excuses for them because the Chiefs no, but I'm curious where you where you fall on this because it was you know certainly both teams but how does that even happen how, how is that even no, it's, it's I mean it's a billion dollar league it's you know I got better grass in my backyard right now so <laughs> uh, I don't know how that happens but uh, if you're like trying to figure out who it hurt more in that game it was the Eagles and, and it's like it's not an excuse and the Eagles wisely like said how bad the field was, but quickly said, yeah, but they had to play on two. The difference is, and I can say this because I, I can make excuses for them a little bit, but like the edge rushers couldn't get footing. So you have your your two best options to get pressure on Mahomes in that game were Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat working against the tackles. The tackles did a great job in that game. Like I don't want to take anything away from them. Andrew Wiley played a really good game. He heard everyone all week say Hassan Reddick was going to roast him, and he held yeah. his own. But uh, they they had to change the way they rush. You know, like these are speed rushers getting around the edge. They're supposed to be able to bend, uh, have half a cleat in the ground, and still turn the corner, and they couldn't do that. So now they're bull rushing, and these tackles are sitting on the bull rushes, and they're not getting any pressure on Mahomes. That's a bad recipe. And then you have these – these little receivers in case he has, and they're just moving all around the field. And you've got to try to react to that as defensive backs. It was tough. Um, but I think the pass rush was the biggest issue. 
for the Eagles. Uh, and yeah, to be honest, the players told me all week that even the the Cardinals practice fields kind of sucked. Like they were mm-hmm. they were slipping all around. And I was when I saw how bad the field was early in the game, I thought, well, maybe the Eagles will have an advantage. They've been practicing on a a bad field all week, and it ended up not mattering too much. Mm. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was uh, it was hard to fathom that on the biggest stage that they could end up that way. How quickly, Dave, uh, do they move here on getting Jalen locked up? Because obviously they have tons of free agents and really impactful players. And you're going to have to know what you have to play with here. Um, much like the question I had with you with the coordinators, how quick do you think this comes down? Yeah, I I don't know how quick it comes down because this is a, a huge negotiation. And, yep. Yeah. Uh, but – you're right though. Like the idea would be to try to do this quickly because you do have all these free agents and uh, now they can backload this deal and they will, once they figure out the deal, it will be backloaded. So it's not going to kill them immediately. They'll be able to have some stuff, some money to play with in free agency and they'll be able to bring some players back. They'll even be able to sign some from outside the organization. But uh, until you know exactly what you're working with, it, it makes it tough. And I, I think that's why, remember last year, we saw all those deals in season, especially for the 2018 class. We mm-hmm. saw Mylotta Sweat, Avante Maddox, and Dallas Goddard get locked up during the year. We didn't see anything during this season. And I think that was purposeful. I don't think that was a coincidence. I, I think they wanted to get to this point and try to figure out the Hurts deal and uh, go from there. Uh it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot, and uh, you can't shy away from it. It's like this is the guy. He showed you he's the guy. He played great all season. Now, the the big question going forward is like, will play style have to change once this deal is in place? I don't think it can. I think what makes him who he is is his ability as a dual threat. He calls himself a triple threat with the the brain, which I'll give him that. Uh, but his ability to run. Uh, it makes him who he is. So you don't ever want to take that away. But once he gets, once you're investing $45 million a year in him, it, it makes it a little tougher to to let him just be him. Hey, yeah. Dave, of all the multitudes of potential free agents out there, and we don't, we don't even include Brandon Graham because Brandon Graham has openly said he will take the hometown discount just to stay with this organization. Give me in chronological order, if you could, and we know it's difficult. If you could give me your top three players that you want to see the Eagles keep in chronological order. And, and am I in this, am I like considering the, the price tag or am I just saying oh, these three players get them back? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, we have to take everything. You know, the, the salary cap goes yeah. up, but your quarterback's going to eat up a lot of that when he gets paid. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying in a perfect world, if you could, make that decision, prioritize who are the top three that you want back. I'd go. Uh, that was a Ray Dinger pause, by the way. Just, yeah, just, just an FYI. I mean, I'm going through it the was list Dinger-esque. in my head. There's like 20 yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, it wouldn't be anyone on offense. Okay. Um, because. And I agree with you. You, you know, Sam Alu has been a really good player, but you have so much invested on that line. I don't think you can prioritize bringing him back. Um, do you still try? Yeah, but I don't think you prioritize it. Miles Sanders had a great year. Um, philosophically, I'm against paying him a lot of money. Right. I can tell you right now, he ain't coming back. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I. so I, 
Yeah, I think they should move on. I think they will from him. Yeah. Uh, no one else on offense really stands out. So you go to defense. Uh, the first guy who pops in my head is Javon Hargrave. Mm-hmm. I kind of think if he was going to be back, they would have figured that out already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he's going to get paid, paid. Like he's he's going to be in the like eighteen to twenty million a year. You know, he, he's going to maybe more. Like he he's really good. He's going to get paid. Uh, I'd have him on the like near the top of my list. I don't know if it's going to happen. Bradbury would be great too. Don't think that one's going to happen. Yep. Um, I, I think he's going to get more money elsewhere. How much money can you invest in your two cornerback positions? Even as good as they are and as good – like it, having two cornerbacks like that opens up so much of your defense. Yeah. But yeah. I, it's tough to pay two cornerbacks that much money and two cornerbacks who are 30-plus. Ideally, you get younger mm-hmm. there. I'd re-sign C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I'd figure that out. That's a lot of money, though, man. We're talking about a safety. I know the safety position, a lot of money for them is sitting right around $13, 14000000 Yeah, he'd be. I think he'd be over fourteen. I, um, But in his first year playing safety, he figured it out. He's such a versatile piece. Mm-hmm. He brings something to them energy-wise. It brings something to them in the locker room. Um, I'd find a way to bring him back, and I think the Eagles want to because I don't think they traded for him to let him walk after this year. So he'd be at the top of the list. Then you have some some guys who aren't going to make crazy money. Like you mentioned BG. He's If he wants to be back, I think the Eagles can figure out a way. He was really productive. Uh, TJ Edwards isn't going to break the bank. Uh, I think it'd be wise to bring him back for continuity. Mm-hmm. I'd probably let Kaiser White walk. What about Epps? Yeah. I don't if think he's he, going to break the bank. He's not going to break the bank. You can bring him back. I think he's a solid player. If you have to break the bank for CJ and you want to say, all right, we want some consistency, maybe you bring him back. I. This is going to sound harsh. I don't know how much they lose if they let Marcus Epps walk and play Reed Blankenship. Yeah. Right, right, yep. right. You know, right, right. Like, yep. I, and I don't know if that's the best outcome either, but like. But I don't want to get poired either. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you, you could, yeah, I get that. Um, but poor you mean the safety for for Buffalo? I mean, yeah, Buffalo, who left here? Buffalo who left here? Yeah, and became, and became all became world of Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, are you worried about that with Epps? Yeah, I am. Are Absolutely. you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought he had a full season this year and he was solid. He didn't make splash plays. Uh, which there's something to be said for just being a solid player and yeah, controlling the middle of the field, but. I think you can find that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be rude to Marcus Epps. I thought he played a decent season, but I think you can find that guy. Yeah. Um, I'd let Kaiser walk. I'd play Nakobe next year. Which is a done deal. Yeah. Would you- let me ask you, Dave, on that for a minute. Um, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Hargrave? Yes. He said Hargrave. All right. And he said CJGJ are the two okay. guys. CJ, yeah. So here's the question I have what, what do we know about Jordan Davis from this year? What's our oh, takeaway? Great Great question. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Um, saw some really good signs in his really? first, well, like six games. Yep. And his role was growing. It was growing. Then he suffered that high ankle sprain. And for a 340-pound dude to get a high ankle sprain. That's a big deal. Yep. It's a big deal. Uh, and I, I don't think, even when he was back after IR, I don't think he was ever the same. So 
getting a full offseason for him will be a big deal. We saw flashes of it. Like he's any he, the problem is like he's never gonna be a player who like jumps out on tape necessarily. Like he he plays he's his not role. a sap. Yeah, he's, he's an occupier and yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and we saw early in the year, like he was playing that role really, really well. Right. And it was telling that late in the season, like Linval was a starter, but those reps started to even out. And then toward the mm-hmm. end of like in the playoffs, Jordan started playing more than him. Uh, he's that's what he is, though—a Linval type of player, though. That's what he is, you know. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, but he's more player. upside than Linval. Yeah, yeah, certainly more upside, more athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one guy we haven't mentioned is Fletcher Cox, who mm-hmm. uh, you, you probably let Fletcher walk, and that's a tough one after what he's given to this organization. Uh, but he's still gonna command a decent salary, and. I, I wouldn't pay him anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I, I question mm-hmm. them paying him on a one year fourteen million dollar deal. And I thought they got and I yeah, I thought they got good production out of him this year, but I don't think you can do it again. You know, I would just, you give him half of that though? Would you give him seven? Seven? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask this this, this question here. Um all things being equal, what level should the first round pick go? Because it's got to go defense. What level of the of the of the defense? We rush it. Uh, defensive line, linebacker, safety, corner. What what level would you use that first? The first two first rounds with. Well, it's funny because my initial reaction is corner because I think it'd be nice to just get a plug and play guy. Yeah, that's not the way this team thinks. Uh, it'd probably be line and defensive line. Like I think it's they should replenish and. If it's an interior guy, then that makes sense. For a long time, I was looking at Jalen Carter like, ooh, I mean, that would make a lot of sense. He's not going to be there. For ah, that. Da, da. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. 10, no. Yeah, he's, he's long gone to 10. Yeah, but, like, I, I could see them going on the line. Um, okay. I think that would make sense because that guy's going to play immediately. We know they value that position. Sorry, Barrett, it's not going to be a linebacker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you all pissed. Yeah, and so it's like they don't – I mean, they don't really draft corners – yeah, no. really either. So probably on the line, and it's a boring way, but it, it's really worked for them. So they'll probably go back to it. See, Dave, I think they need to fi- try to find the next sauce gardener. I think Bradbury, by his comments yeah. the other day, saying, "I, I, I want to play for cheap." I don't blame him one bit. This is even at this stage of his career. This one year has helped put him in a financial bracket he might not have been coming into this season after being jettisoned by the Jets, but now. I don't blame him. When you look at how many pass breakups he had, the way he played the game, he's put himself back into a serious market. So with that said, and, and like you said, I've been saying for days, you can't pay two cornerbacks that Darius Slay kind of money. You just can't. And so you got to get younger in a hurry. And I look, I, the, the, the prime analysis in this is, look at what Kansas City did. Their whole secondary, for the most part, was a bunch of kids that took their lumps, but as the season got better – they got better, okay. So if you're drafting number ten, you got to try to find that next Sauce Gardner. And we—I don't know if he's out there because we've seen, you know, we've seen bust in top ten picks as well as you know great picks. But you got to try to find them. You, you got to get younger because you got so much money being allocated somewhere else. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I'm curious to see what the organization thinks about using a high pick like that on that position. But I think there's good evidence in recent years. Cause you mentioned sauce Gardner. Yeah. We've seen horn. We've seen Sertan, like these True. young cornerbacks 
coming in the league and playing really well right away, that wasn't always the case. The cornerback's a really tough position, uh, but these these guys are coming in the league and playing well early. So uh, I'd be on board for that, but I just know the way this organization operates, and it's always through the line unless there's a good reason not to. The tie's always going to go to the trenches, and uh, they're going to stick with that. It's worked for them this far. No question. Dave, listen, man, thank you. Uh, get some rest, relax Appreciate a little you, bit uh, before you know it, Combine and all the fun stuff that uh, that accompanies that as well. But we appreciate all your help and you uh, joining us uh, throughout this run, man. Thank you very much. Hey, all right, hey, guys. Take care. Thanks. Hey, Dave. Dave. Dave's and Gary. Wherever you're going on vacation, send me some pictures of you wrestling a boa constrictor or an alligator or something like that, please. You, you know, the that? only thing I am doing, so uh, I go back. It's crazy. Going back to Phoenix in a few months for the owner's meeting. Yeah. I am staying out an extra week after that. Are you going to wrangle rattlesnakes? Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid that. Doing? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> They're gonna to try to avoid the the rattlesnakes. I'm Coyotes. Gonna... What, what? What? Yeah. No, I saw a coyote on a <laughs> oh, Saturday man. morning before the Super Bowl. I went on a little hike. I'd pull up to the trailhead, and there's a coyote running across. Jeez. That means you don't belong there, bro. Like when you <laughs> see when you see yeah. gorillas, you don't belong there. Bears, don't belong. coyotes. Even then, you don't want to, you don't want to be there. Bro. Haven't you seen those shows? When wildlife goes bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. It, look what's on my path. <laughs> it's a bear. Let me go pet it. Yeah. Say hi. <laughs> yeah, no. No, thank you. That's uh, my boy Dave, man. He's, oh, he's, man. Dave, you got Absolutely. more cojones than I do, bro. I'm not going oh, anywhere where something can beat, beat me up. Can't uh, do it. Dave, thanks, buddy. Appreciate right, you, man. Take care. Uh, all right, you got it. That's Dave Zingaro. All right, that was, uh, was a <laughs> good, good chat with that. With Dave. Well, well, he'll get you your pictures, Derek. Don't worry. You'll be good. Oh, man. Yeah, hey, I'm right, not doing that. We'll come back. We'll, we'll look at those draft picks. We'll tell you exactly where the Eagles will be picking, and we'll lay out exactly you know what areas need to upgrade. We'll also get into Jalen Hurts and just what an unbelievable season that he had for the Eagles as well. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're going to talk about pro-action restoration right now because if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property, and you've gone through the inconvenience, the pain, the despair, frankly, of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. You know how trying that can be, right? But Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to help you. I've gone through it on a Saturday. They came right out. There was a flood in my parents' basement. They cleaned it up. They diagnosed the problem. The price was right. The crew was clean and professional. It was uh, an amazing experience. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, could be water, could be fire, could be smoke, could be mold remediation. You name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Yes, we are. Thanks for hanging out with us. Let's hit that like button, folks. We appreciate it. We are Sports Day. Jacob Sports YouTube Network had some great guests. Really, the last few weeks, we always do. Uh, but today as well, if you miss any of it, just go to jacobsports.com or Jacob Sports YouTube channel. You can check out any of our interviews, the show in its entirety, snippets, pieces, whatever is convenient for you. You like the little bite size, go for it. It's all there. That's for sure. All right, guys. So the 2023 upcoming NFL draft. Here's what the Eagles have as of right now. They have two first round picks, number 10, which they got from the saints, number 30, which is their own. They finished, you know, behind, uh, obviously the, uh, the, the chiefs, uh, second round 62 overall third round 94. So in the top three rounds, they have four picks, 10, 30, 62, 94. Then they don't have anything in the fourth, fifth or sixth. You jump to the seventh, and they have two sevenths, 221 and 250. Now, if I know Howie, uh, I'm guessing there will be a fourth, a fifth sprinkled in there would be my best guess. Uh, but that's where things stand right now, guys. With that 10th pick, you can do a lot of different things. You can uh, dangle it in front of teams desperate to get up and get a quarterback uh, or teams that maybe, you know, you're – you're sitting there, at, we're at eight or we're at seven, and some team desperately needs X position. And they see you sitting there. They may say, hey, can I get up You know, and get there? Come on, what are you offering? So I, I think 10 could very well be in flux. It could be moved. 30 could be moved. You could get in the second round. It's, it's easier financially for you. 
to move down a little bit if there's somebody that you love in the second round. Uh, there's a lot of different things you can do here, guys. But if I said priority uno, D-Gun, what is it for you? I would say you have to hold on to that number 10 pick and get an impact player on defense uh, because I think you're going to lose a lot of quality players because even though the season did not end the way they wanted it to, there's a lot of teams out there, especially teams trying to build in the right direction that are salivating at picking off some of the Eagles' defensive players. And they're going to price themselves out of the Eagles' market. So I think that 10th pick, whether it's a D-tackle, another edge rusher, linebacker, cor- well, let's, let's take linebacker out of the equation. Cornerback is going to have to be somebody you can plug and play right now. I would dangle that 30th pick because I don't think Howie's going to stand pat not being able to pick from the from the third to the seventh round. Um, and we and we don't know, do, are they up for any compensatory picks this year? That may help them make some decisions too. If they get a third or fourth round pick somewhere, they may hold on to both first-round picks, but I think that 30th pick is the best pick to dangle in terms of getting multiple picks, moving down and getting multiple picks um, in, in, in the middle part of the draft. How about you, Bear? I think they have to keep the pick also. They have to go somewhere on the defensive side of the ball. Um, all things being equal, I think cornerback position is something they must address. And the first two positions I would address would be cornerback, second being rusher. Um, rush end. Um, I would love a guy like Will Anderson, but of course, you know, he will be, we won't be able to sniff him. I would like somebody like maybe Miles Murphy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's a defensive end from Cleveland, yep. uh, from, from Clemson. Yep. Um, I would want a cornerback. I don't know at this point who the best cornerbacks are. I got to do my research. I haven't looked at a lot of film. A lot of people in the chat love this guy. I love him too. Joey Porter Jr. Who yeah, that's my boy. State. You know, I yeah. remember him as a young buck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, very good, tall. Um, reminds me a lot of 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 um, of a of a, a guy like I don't know if you guys remember Snoop from 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 um, <sighs> Washington. But he's like a he's a he's a slender, very aggressive guy. Uh, plays well out in space. I would like him. You remember Joey? You know, Peasy's my boy. I would wouldn't mind getting him at all. But I mean, as as for corners, I, I do like him. They got a guy from from Oregon. I usually don't like you know corners or anybody really from the from the from the West coast mm-hmm. as far as, you know, saying the pac 12, I don't like those type of players. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they play enough defense, but they do have a guy, you know, Gonzalez from Oregon. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good corner. Um, he'll be sitting there, but I mean, think cornerback or, or I think you'll get more bang for your buck with a corner as opposed to getting a defense alignment, but we all know how they are. They're going to go with a, a, a D lineman. We know that for sure. At least one of the two picks. And that's the hard thing to judge because you might need a tackle. Uh, you might need an edge rusher, you know, depending on how this thing goes. Uh, yep. You know, can you pass up a corner that you love that much sitting there at 10? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they would consider it. But, yeah, it's, is it more likely they go defensive line? Yeah, their belief is it's all about edge rushers. It's all about your interior. It's all about your tackles on the offensive side of the ball. They're not afraid, obviously, to draft uh, wide receivers in the first round. That that much is clear. But they're usually the areas they prioritize, and then they get to the other, you know, spots, positions, if you will, later um, in the second round. But they also know 
as of right now, once you get past 10 to 30, I mean, maybe having two in the first round gives you more flexibility, uh, you know, to do things a little bit differently high in the, in the draft. Maybe. I don't know. Possibility. Um, There's a guy that you knew Devin Witherspoon also. Yeah, I like that kid from Illinois. From Illinois, yeah. yeah. He's six foot, 180. Yeah. He has some decent size on him. Very aggressive, man. Very yeah, he, uh, you, you got to have, when you play corner in today's game, you got to have that certain swag. You got to have that mental swag about you. This kid, uh, when he steps on the football field, he's all about his business, mm-hmm. you know. And he'll let you know about it, and and that's what that's the kind of young player you want. You know, sometimes young players have a little fear factor they have to overcome when they're making that transition from the college ranks to the pros. Not you with know, a spoon. Not this dude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who coached him up, but this dude. I've watched him play three times this that's year. Lovey's guy. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. You're guy. right. And but, uh, but he, Derek, huh? you know he's not going to be there. I know. I don't know, man. Because be a top six, top five, top six. You pick. think so? Yeah. Well, see, we, we we've identified. Okay, so there's nine there's nine picks ahead of the Eagles as we sit right now. Mm-hmm. We know at least two quarterbacks are going to go in the first nine. We've talked about there's a couple of edge rushers that could go in that first nine, so that's four. And you know, and, two defensive linemen too. And two defensive linemen. Okay, and then we've talked about the kid Joey Porter. Okay, uh, so that's that's five. So you you got a shot of him being there at number ten. You, I agree with you. The prospects are slim, but he's sitting there at number 10. And if you can't sign Bradbury to come back here, I'm I, I gotta jump. I gotta jump. You know, I'm not saying he may be the he may be the next sauce gardener, but he might be really good that you feel good about. You know, kids, you can put in and say, okay, you're gonna learn, you're gonna get your lumps, you're gonna get beat, you're gonna have to learn what to read across the line of scrimmage from you. But he's the kind of kid, he's not afraid to compete. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. See, and that's what you want. That's the it's got to be mental first before physical. And that's where I think the success of Gardner maybe changes your mind a little bit. Maybe. Yes, you know, it does. What, what yeah. you do philosophically. It does. You, yeah. you know, you're absolutely right. And you know, and you saying that, um, Rob, what maybe we do have to change our way of thinking because I mean, you know, Devin Witherspoon will be a really good corner, but he's gonna be a top five, top six pick. Right. Or we jump up and get him. What assets do we have? We already traded enough. Mm. I'm feeling for for. Um, well, that, that's interesting, Barrett, because we always talk about trading down. Yep. You know, Ten's a pretty that, enviable yes. position to maybe get up a couple spots too. Yes. I know you don't want to be giving more up, but maybe they, maybe that's what happens. It's mm-hmm. not out of the question. We have a lot, but see, we don't. We only have six picks. Six. I know. Picks. I know. I know. So do we give up? Um, I don't know if we give up one of those. Well, yeah. We have how many? Two, we have one, two, two threes. You have what? Two? two ones, a two, yeah. mm-hmm. a three, and two sevens. Is what you have. Two seven. Yeah. 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 We don't have enough. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right, but just just a thought. Um, all right, so let, let's not just gloss over the season that Jalen Hurts had here, um, and the Super Bowl that he had. Um. No, well, Marshall says we're forgetting about Milton Williams. Uh, thanks, Marshall. No, I, I don't think so, man. I, I think Milton Williams is going to play a big role. The oh. question I have is when he's counted on it, not every down, but virtually every down, what's he what's he going to look like? Because I like Milton Williams, actually. I think he's going to do well. Yeah. You know, I think if if, if we look at well, – let me say, let me look at their defense. And I'm taking into account everybody that's going to be gone. I see him pencilling as a starter. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Right now I see Milton Williams – and uh, 
you know, it depends. Is Hargrave coming back? Uh, it, yeah. you know, is I don't think Fletcher's back, but if Fletcher were to come back, you know, I, I think it, it's it's just hard to lock anything in right now. Here's 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 what I say, and this is this is no disrespect to Fletcher, but Fletcher is not that Pro Bowl dude. He's not that dominant dude he was. Yeah. And that's because age, you know, age catches up to you. Okay. I and agree. but if you put Milton Williams in there, I don't think he'll play any worse than Fletcher played this past season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's not by any way, shape, or form a knock against Fletcher. Just what he is at this point point. In his career. It's just yeah. what he is. You're getting younger with a guy on a rookie contract who can give you what Fletcher gave you in 2022. So yeah. that, that you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, that makes a lot that, of sense. That that takes care of filling that void. Now you've got to fill the gap behind him if you want to keep a deep rotation. Mm-hmm. How you're going to do that remains to be seen, mm-hmm. whether it's the draft or low tier free agent. But I think Milton will fill that gap for them. But when you lose both Hargrave and Milton, and we still have major question marks about Jordan Davis, it's a bit of a risk. It is. But everything, every team goes through this. You have mm-hmm. to go through this to find out what you have. And, you know, we, we were salivating, and we've been salivating since last April, since they picked Jordan Davis, about this dude being a, a mobile home on two legs with a lateral speed and agility. Well, we didn't really get to see it much this year. So there's still a lot of question marks about him. But you draft him in the first round. You got to throw him in the fire sooner or later. Uh, he's starting next year. I, I just – yeah, and and I I don't even say this is a knock. It, it some of it isn't his fault. They had a lot of depth at the position. They added depth at the position. He got hurt, but I just don't know. You know, I think he looks like a guy who's great at, at, at as we talked about earlier, occupying a couple blockers and yeah, stuff to yeah. run and all that. But I told you what he got to do though. To become a superstar, you got to be have some impact in the in the pass game. Go but ahead, I told guys. you what he got to do. Digun, what he got to do, man. Oh, you got to get him down to pimp size? You got to get him pimp size. You get him pimp size, he can go, man. You got to get him. Come on, man. Well, what's pimp size for him? Pimp size for him, like maybe 310, 320. Whoa. Yeah. You know what? 320. I I agree. I agree. You won't be able to stop him. I mean, you look at a guy like Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith started out like that. And all of a sudden, you know, he got him on that treadmill, uh, that elliptical. He used to be on elliptical for two hours. An hour and a half, two hours every day until he lost all that weight. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, it once he gets the baby fat off him, and he gets pimp size, he'd probably be unstoppable. Because he, <laughs> Derek, I'm trying to be serious, and you're laughing. I'm trying to, <laughs> you ain't worth two dead flies, man. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you ain't worth two dead flies. I'm trying. No, I to be agree serious. with you 100, percent but just we. I haven't heard that term in a long time, man. <laughs> you brought it up yesterday. I even got off the show giggling. I can't believe Aaron came over with pimp size. You know, one one guy in the, in the trenches on defense we didn't even talk about. Somebody just mentioned it a few moments ago in the chat. You know, Derek Barnett's coming back next year. I don't know. Look at Rob's face. <laughs> I, 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 hey, well, he's, he's coming back. He's coming back. Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. What? what, what wait, what is, we know what this is. It's more it? penalties than impactful plays. That's what it is. Well, maybe he's learned. Rob, maybe not, he's seen the light. I'm, I'm not counting on it, but maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, 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 that's that doesn't excite me. Like you, we were talking about things that I was excited about. I'm not excited about when you bring up Derek Barnett's name. It doesn't do anything for me. I got to tell you. But yeah, we'll we'll end up saying. <laughs> um, all right, hurts. This was an amazing stat. I saw this on Ruben Frank had this NBC Sports Philadelphia.com. First player with 300-plus passing yards, 70-plus uh, rushing yards, 
70 plus completion percentage and rushed for three touchdowns. That's the first time that's happened. Not just Super Bowl. It's the first time it's happened. So that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty rarefied air. He, he, you know, and we came into that game um, with a lot of question marks about how he was going to be able to throw the ball because he, we hadn't seen the best of Jalen in those two playoff games. Some of that was just by design. He didn't need to throw a lot. The Eagles were running all over those teams, et cetera. And then he goes out there on the grandest of stages and delivers. Now he just furthered how much he was going to get paid. But I think it did a lot to alleviate any concerns of what he was as a passer. I think, I think you can safely go into next year saying the Eagles have a stud at quarterback. And that's, Yes. Think about how many teams are dying to say that in that league. There's only a handful of them. Yes. Yes. That dude was dropping dimes. Okay. I mean, he's dropping over coverage, in between coverage. Yeah. He's the done stuff, all the stuff we said he couldn't what do. Me? You are we worried about. What? Yeah. 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 He's dropping dimes. Dude went out and worked his backside off. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. So when we when we what? talk about when I was when I was talking about, I wasn't talking about necessarily Patrick Mahomes the entire season. I'm talking about in that game, he played right. just as good as as, as as Patrick Mahomes, if not better than yes. Patrick Mahomes. If it weren't for that one play, they probably would have won the game. That one play led to a touchdown. Mm. You know what I mean? But should have, could have, would have. You know, if, if if my 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 aunt had a, you know, she'd be my uncle. You know what I'm saying? If so, she had a what? I didn't. I didn't say what. <laughs> I might have said mustache. See, look at you. You're terrible, D Gun. You're terrible, D Gun. Eric, has, people see what I see. What I'm dealing with. Hey, you see brought it up. I with. didn't. I just wanted you to fill in the blank. You brought it up. I'm just saying, you know. But but seriously, you know. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, man, is. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Is the new new age quarterback. He has made dual threat kind of trendy now it's vogue now and i see i'm gonna see a lot of teams go out there i mean it, it started with the you know not necessarily with with michael vick because michael vick used more so talent mm-hmm. than really reading the defense but jalen is reading defenses he's he's figuring out mm-hmm. what teams are trying to do to him with the blitz he's 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 becoming a uh He's becoming a guy that you can trust to, to to get him out of trouble and 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 you know what I'm saying change plays and stuff. I think he lacked that they didn't give him the opportunity or they didn't give him what he needed when they started with the blitz to pick that blitz up or at least to um run pass patterns to help him with the blitz. Right. That's what killed him, man. You know, you can't be going with these deep routes when they're blitzing somebody. That means you're going to leave one free. And I know why they they didn't, because they say, all right, Jalen Hurts is a good enough quarterback that he can evade the, that last defender, which happens to be a defensive end. He can outrun the defensive end. But it just so happens those guys that they that the um, Chiefs had were fast enough to get him out of his pocket, you know, fast enough to, you know, run him down on the sideline. You know, but you, you just didn't give an opportunity. When they did – 
had the uh, when they did when the wide receivers did see it and they broke their um they broke their routes off and ran slants and stops and stuff, he was able to deliver the ball. But it has to come with everybody being on the same page and everybody wasn't on the same page this last game. Yeah. My only concern with Jalen Hurts is I don't want him end up being the next Lamar Jackson, the next RG3. When you're a quarterback and you put your body, you're asked to put your body on the line as much as he has been, you're always more susceptible to getting injured. And we saw it in the latter part of this season. My lot of talked about having to help him up. Jalen said, get me to bleep up off this field. Okay. Um, you look at the shot. That, that he took in games after that. One direct shot to the chest on a run when he was about to sit down and boom, got hit in the chest. The one the 49ers got him in his back, you know, speared him in the back. You know, I think it just knocked the wind out of him, but you saw him grimacing when he got up in that regard. You know, Jalen Hurts is a phenomenal athlete, but he's an athlete to be an athletic quarterback more so than a pocket passer, so on and so forth. He can do any and everything you ask him to do, but as he gets older, the more shots he takes, a little bit longer it takes for you to recover from those things. And I just don't want to see his his overall athleticism that we applaud and wow now be a detriment to him somewhere down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's get a timeout, and we're going to come back. We'll do some NFL talk. we got Amy Fadul joining us. At 2 o'clock to talk some Sixers as they uh, embark on their final game before the All-Star break. But we'll come back. We'll dig into a bunch of stuff. Derek Carr status, uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, Dan Orlovsky, Eric Bieniemy maybe changing addresses. Five things we learned this past NFL season. Got a bunch to dive into. We'll do all of that with you when we come back. Don't go anywhere. D-Gun, B. Brooks, RL is Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Flynn Tree Services right now. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. And they offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problems that you may face. They're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they service southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. And we're in that time of year right now. Despite the weather being nice, we could surely get some nasty stuff before this winter's out, right? It's a great time to have your trees evaluated. You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for a sampling of your work or more information. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs, and then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Brooks, I'm Rob Ellis. Hey, hey, hey. Can we can we step away from sports talk for just a moment to acknowledge yeah. something just as important today? Yes. We are more than halfway through the month of February. It's 65 degrees outside <laughs> and 60 tomorrow and 60 on Friday. 60 degrees in mid-February in this region? Yes. Are you kidding me? I meant to hit you with this, Derek, because I know yes. how much you like my countdowns. Yes. We are 100 days away from Memorial Day. <laughs> Who knows that? I thought you were gonna say my birthday, man. Yo, that's dog. encouraging. No, I mean it means we're 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 getting there. Well, tomorrow we will be in double digits. We're out of triple digits until Memorial Day. How about that? Boom! It's a beautiful thing, bro. Love yes. it, love it, love it. But guys, guys, yes, it's so beautiful outside that I'm painting my truck tonight. Are you really? Yeah. No kidding. Painting, wow. Yes. What's the temperature tonight? The lowest forty, lowest forty three tonight. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. For for, for Are you doing it outside or, outside or inside? I have a um a mobile um paint booth. Oh, you do? Like yeah. Like one of those pop up tent type things. It blows up. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Ooh, heaters and everything. Right. Yeah. You put heaters in it too? Mm-hmm. Dang, I want to be like you when I grow. Now, up. what color is it now? What color are you painting? It's black it right. It's, it's black right now. Okay. Is so, that that flatbed truck? Yes. Yeah, the uh, it's the uh, dually. Yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah. gonna repaint it black, or are you going a different color? I'm going a different color. I'm going color. like a, like a um a gray, almost like a, a it's Ooh. gonna be like a shiny um uh like a metallic kind of no no it's, it's like um 
John Dickerson said White Castle's blue and yellow. <laughs> you should do like a little burger somewhere, like a little little tiny burger somewhere, uh, like on your uh, on the hatch or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, I should. I definitely should, man. Man, when we getting this dude on the show, man? I want to see this dude. I got to yeah. see who this dude is. <laughs> I got. We got to get him on the show, man. We can. We can make it happen. Dude, yeah, we can make it happen. Um, all right. So, uh, oh, you know, I started watching. I watched last night. Um, I watched the first two episodes, and I had, I had honestly no idea what it was. I just heard a lot of good reviews. Uh, it's on HBO Max. Yep. I know what you're going to say. The Last of Us. I told you. Yes. I told you. Yeah. yeah. I on that show. I didn't know, like, any. I thought it was, it could have been anything, all right? I didn't expect what it was. Let me put it to you that way. It's, how do you explain it? Like a. Like like a. a, a Post-apocalyptic a, yes. sort of survival. It's like a spinoff from Walking Dead almost. A little bit yes. like that. Yeah. 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 But the, the storyline is great. Oh, it's. Uh, the first two episodes have been great. Oh, you only saw the first two. Yeah, I'm only yeah, two I'm, in. Okay, so there's five. Yeah, there's man, five I'm entrenched in. in. Is there five altogether? That's all there is. Is five or is right there just now. five? There's, oh, there's only five, five right in. Now. Okay, okay, right. okay. Um, yeah, you like it too, Barrett? I liked it. Love it, bro. Love it. Yeah, love, it. love it. Love I, it. Everybody in it's strong so far. Like That's really a great, good acting. Great comparison here. What is this? The artist artist turn says it's The Walking Dead meets Resident Evil. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, and it I, is I, based I, off of a video game. That that's that's yes. correct. Dank, Dank is right on uh, about that. Oh, wait till um, you get to episode five, man. Oh. Okay, yeah, I'm too, I'm too I'm I'm enjoying it, man. Like I was, I, I'm looking forward to cracking out a couple more. The uh, Pedro Pascal is awesome in it, Griffin. You're you're dead on. You know, uh, he, he's another per. Here's another guy who's a great actor. Everything you see him, in, he does. He was in um, uh, what's that? What's that? I believe he was in um. Oh, Sicario, one of the Sicarios, if I'm not mistaken. But he's an actor who is a great actor. You don't remember his name, but he always plays great roles. He, you're right. He's a, he's a know the face, but don't know the name guy. Yes. Where you're like, yes, I like everything that guy's in, but I don't I don't know who he is. Yes, you know, but he is. You're right. He's awesome. Narco. He was great in Narcos. You guys are right, Griffin. Narcos. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Narcos. Yes. Yeah, he was great in that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. I would I'd suggest everybody check it out if you have if you have a. Uh, you have a, I, I have the fire stick, so I checked it out on, on HBO Max, but it was really good. Really and I'm not, I'm not usually big into like zombie movies. I'm not either. It's not really my genre, no. but this is different. No. Yeah. Like World War Z, I really enjoyed watching watching with Brad Pitt. Yep. Uh, that was a good one. And I've watched that one several times. I could watch that one over and over. And then this series. I lost interest in The Walking Dead after the first two seasons, but I like this because I think, I don't know if it's going to go beyond a one season or not. Right. Um, but so far, you know, my kids got me hooked on it. Dad, you got to watch this. You got to watch I'm like, okay, what is it? So I watched the first episode. The first episode kind of slow, and you, you understand because they're building up the characters. Yeah. But after the first episode is when it really gets interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like I said, when you get to episode five, it's going to be in for a little shock. Yeah. Enjoying it so far. All right. Cool. Um, so, a couple things NFL-wise. Eric B. Enemy, uh, by, all, by multiple reports, is going to interview with the Washington Commanders for their offensive coordinator and – like we talked about the other day, I, I think it's going to be an OC slash head assistant head coach position because that's an that that is a uh, promotion from the Chiefs. I also don't think the Chiefs are going to stand in, in his way. I think Andy's been pretty clear, like he he's trying to get this yes. guy do whatever he has to do to get him a yep. head coaching gig. Uh, so by all accounts, too, it's his job to turn down if he doesn't want it. Like this right, is a formality. Right, right. The interview yep. mm-hmm. feels like this is going to happen. There's a lot of momentum behind this one. 
Yeah, um, and you know, kudos to Andy because Andy's really big on, on getting his people out there. Yep. And he said at the podium uh, yesterday, I believe, he he's all for trying to see Eric go somewhere, get out from under his wing, and get the accolades and the, and the recognition that he deserves. Um, you know, Andy has a big big hand in how the offensive flows, and you know, Eric's been with him a long time and learned his lesson well. Now it's time for him to spread his wings, as we said yesterday. I don't want to see him come to the NFC East, but wherever he goes, he deserves that opportunity. This is a guy that constantly gets looked over and, you know, people put out there, well, he hasn't called plays or he has, well, really? Well, did, did uh, John Harbaugh ever call plays? Mm-hmm. Um, look at how many position coaches that have gotten and coordinators that have gotten head coaching jobs that didn't call plays and got, head coaching opportunities. So why with the accolades he's put on, put, put up, why has he not gotten his shot yet? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear about, I'm tired of hearing about it. maybe he doesn't interview. Well, you know what the interview tells me? What, what, what results have you gotten where you were? That's all I need to know. And can you do some of the same things here for us that you did where you were? I don't know. That's all I, I want to know. know. I don't yeah. care about, I don't care if you talk to me more than once a month. If I'm an owner of a team, if you're not a really verbose, verbose person and you don't say a lot, I don't care. We don't have to discuss, talk about family, nothing. All I need you to do is help my team win. Get me my respect. If you can do that, we don't ever have to speak. I'll pay you. You do your job. It's Camelot, as far as I'm concerned. Well, you don't almost feel- feel- my Go ahead, No, no, it's all right. Go ahead. Well, with, with, the, cam- with the commandos, not commandos, the commandos, as you call them, Robert. <laughs> uh, the commandos, I'm looking at their roster, the quarterback position. They're going with Sam Howell now, right? And they're giving me the, the and I can see the enemy coming in and making Sam Howell a better player. And he has the offensive firepower. Yeah, I mean he's yep. got got the running back situation taken care of. He's got three good receivers. Yep. that he can throw to a good tight end. I mean, they're 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 okay. The offensive line is, is starting to uh, you know, come around. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, they could be all right, bro. They could be all right, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. That defense is already – everybody on the defense, with the exception of Deron Payne, is signed. That's and they, and they'll have Chase yeah. Young for the whole year. He's, he was yeah. just never himself trying to come know. back from that yes. thing last I year. Know. I, I liken the the enemy thing to, like, some, like the combine that we were talking about yesterday. Like, some guys don't run the fastest 40 time maybe or have that, you know, right. the, the vertical or whatever. Or some the wonder lick. The quote unquote measurables, right? But all they did when you turn on the tape is perform yep, at college. Right. Yep, and right. they get they get, you know, instead of taking in the first round, they're taking in the fourth round, or they're on an undrafted free agent, and you see what they're doing, etc. All right, the enemy might not be as polished or whatever as a Jonathan Gannon is, but I, I don't know. All the all I ever see from Kansas City is innovation and success and all that. And win. You're right. Yeah. And, and I think he's hurt, frankly, because Andy Reid's there and everybody just says, well, anybody can roll out of football with Patrick Mahomes. You know, that guy had success when he was with that organization prior to, you know, uh, Mahomes becoming what he when became. When he had and Smith he there. That's right. Right. And he helped right. Mahomes get to the level he's at. So Right. You know, so take Sal Howell and, and mold him into what he wants him to be. Yeah. That's just what you want. You know what I'm saying? So just think, the enemy goes there, resurrects. Uh, an offense that hasn't been doing well. Sam Howell becomes that quarterback. It's already a tough division, man. It's, it's, this, this, you know, this division, man. All four teams may be in the playoffs next year. All yeah. four. 
Hey, the way um, when you if you really watch the tapes from the season, when when timeouts are called or there's injury timeouts, Patrick Mahomes walks over to Eric Bieniemy just as he walks over to just as much as he walks over to Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. So there are timeouts where he Patrick talks to Eric. He didn't even talk to Andy. So Eric, Eric does have some type of input and influence on Patrick in the next plays that are being called. Yeah. And if you look at a lot of the sideline clips that you see popping up on social media, you hear the conversation between the two. It is a direct conversation of what to do next between those two, not Andy. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right. So, you know, obviously, and, and even if you're leery about him not calling plays, so what? You've shown over the last 10 years that you're willing to take a risk on people. Hey, Nathaniel Hackett, okay, Adam Gase, Cliff Kingsbury. What do they do? What, <laughs> Matt Nagy, what are they yeah. doing? He's supposed to be a quarter, an offensive guru. Right. But he got his shot, right? Yeah. Head coaching jobs, man. That's it in a nutshell. Okay. All right. So when is his turn? How much more does he have to prove? Right. You know, every year he's been with Kansas City, they've won. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you paid your dues. If it's all about paying your dues – you know, it's time for somebody to pay him. He's paid his dues. Yeah, yeah. Give him an opportunity, man. That's all he's asked for is an opportunity. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right, so a couple other odds and ends. Uh, Derek Carr officially released, can sign wherever he wants. If he would have been on the roster today, the Raiders would have owed him $32.9 million. Woo! Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, he can be – whether it's the Jets, whether it's the Commanders, if they can come up with the Bucks or one of these – I don't know. Carolina, one of these teams that feels like they're a quarterback away and has it has talent uh, is where he would make sense. Saint New Orleans, uh, you know, I'm talking about teams that aren't picking really high in the draft either. So some of those teams could be options uh, for Derek Carr, and you know, he's an intriguing uh, option. I think for sure. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's ever elevated himself to a great quarterback yet, and I don't know if it's because of where he played. I thought he would flourish a lot better than he did in uh, Josh McDaniel's system, and he didn't. Um, but I think he's a good quarterback. I think he can help a team win. Mm-hmm. I think he's better than a manager in an offense, um, but I don't think he's elite. But you look at some of the teams that we're talking about, the Jets, the Saints, the um, you don't need a great quarterback in those systems. You just need a really good quarterback mm-hmm. that can get you over the hump, and he falls in that category. Sure, for sure. So we'll see where he ends up going. Uh, interesting one here, a couple NFL teams, including uh, the Colts and the Panthers, apparently had put some overtures out there, reached out to Dan Orlovsky of ESPN about maybe taking a role with them, and he turned it down. Now, it's not clear that it was a coordinator or anything like that. It might have been a consultant, whatever. Uh, but he's going to stay at ESPN. Uh, you know, guy played the league, does a lot of film breakdown, a lot of analysis. He is, I would put him in the category of, uh, uh, there are certain guys that I think just throw things out there, just to throw things out there that don't actually do the film study. He is a film study guy. Yep. You know, I, I know on first glance when people hear this, they're like, are you kidding me? But I, I could see that actually, personally. The team's wanting him as some kind of consultant, but he doesn't want to do it right now. But, is, but, but a big question mark as a coach. Okay, so if he's even being mentioned as a possible coach, why? What What is his coaching pedigree? None. We know what his studio pedigree is. Yeah. But w- but what is his coaching pedigree? And again, it goes back to, I think that's a slap in the face if, if a team in dire straits for an offensive mind 
will go get him based on what he says in a studio and, and, and the theory he studies film more so than a guy who's done it in the trenches already on a positive note. How do you leapfrog over somebody like well, that? Well, I don't know that he's leave. Like, I don't know what the role was. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. You know, no, I got you. you yeah. know. No, I got you. And that's what I've never understood about. I mean, like I said, it's the old boys network. It's their yep. toys. They can do what they want. They're going to hire who they want. They don't care about Rooney rules. They don't care about anything. They're going to nope. do what they're going to do. Now I hear yep. you. Know. They get, there's ways to get around everything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that that, that you know? much we know. Um, all right. So I thought that was uh, just at least kind of interesting out of the box a little bit. Uh, Dalvin Cook is getting shoulder surgery for the Vikings. He's had a couple now. Um, you know, the only knock with him is he just doesn't, he, he will get banged up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, he's really good when he's healthy. Uh, so hopefully, he's elite. He's elite yeah. when he's healthy, man. No and question. It's just the running back position as a whole, man. It's yeah. just so hard yeah. to be a running back. Yeah. You know, I mean, back in the day, bro, I remember when I first got in the league, the running back was the, was the guy that was getting paid. I can remember running backs were making more than quarterbacks back then. Yeah. Yeah, it's really no. changed in that way. You're right about that. You're right. Uh, let me ask you this, guys. There's one thing that really sticks in your craw, as they say, regarding the Super Bowl. Could be anything. Could be field conditions. Could be the punt, you know, return allowed. Uh, obviously, it could be Jalen's fumble. It could be whatever. If there's one thing that as we sit here on Wednesday and we've had a few days to digest this thing, that's still with you. Um, what would it be? I'll tell I, I'll start. My, mine is the inability to stop the run. You, you paid that defensive line a lot of money, man. And, you talking and about Kansas, just the Super Bowl? Kansas City. Well, all, really, yes, especially the Super Bowl. But all okay. year they were bad against the run in terms of yards per, per carry allowed. Okay. okay. Um, they should have been with the talent that they have on that side way better against the run. And I don't know exactly why they're not and why they weren't. And I think it really hurt them. And it's sort of underplayed a little bit with everything else that happened in the Super Bowl. But that's one for me. The talent and the money invested in that D-line. Right. Think about that. The money invested in that D-line. And they didn't show up consistently. Now, we talked – We talk, you know, the funny thing, Rob, is we talked about the multitudes of inferior quarterbacks they played. We don't even talk about the multitudes of average to less than average offensive lines they played and running backs were, were gouging them. Right. Okay. Right. Think yeah. about that. Okay. And you're right. The fact that they had this, this deep rotation, you know, laden with big time players and they didn't do a better job consistently against the run is inexcusable, especially in the Super Bowl. and people out there. Well, you know, there was a lot of slipping and sliding. God stop that. Two teams mm -hmm. played on the field, not one. Mm -hmm. The field conditions we all agree were atrocious. Yep. But two teams, the other team found a way to stop the run outside of the quarterback and his quarterback draws. Yep. They stopped the run, didn't they? Yeah. Every time Miles Sanders touched the ball, they were tattooing him. Right. You know, whether he tried to stretch the run, hit the hole, they were waiting for him. Game well broke off one decent run, I believe it was. Outside of that, the running game didn't hurt Kansas. And Kansas City was not a good run defense. 2.7 yards per carry on the ground for the Eagles. Outside of outside of uh, Hurts. Outside of Hurts. Your running backs. That's 2.7. Yep. And how many of those guys made the Pro Bowl or were alternate Pro Bowlers on that side of the ball? Great point. And they gave up, and they, and, and they were getting gouged. They they weren't just giving up. They were getting gouged in running plays in that Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a good point. A good point. What 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 really gnaws at me and really just digs deep in my side right now <laughs> is, I mean, it it irritates me to no end. 
I've been trying to have some Michael Clay um, <laughs> sightings. Oh. And I just get so irritated in the special teams. Yep. At no point did I really get any participation throughout this in this this great season that we had from the special teams. And then just to have a dagger put in your back your back and just mm. just twist and dug in is that punt return of Patrick Mahomes didn't need any help no. scoring, let alone have it offered to offered to him on the five yard line. Yep. He didn't need that. And that's what happens, bro. That's special team. Two missed tackles, yep. a line drive punt. Us putting a punter out there hadn't played in like seven or eight weeks. And was and it was shitty before he even got hurt. Great point. Yeah. And this didn't just start. This didn't just pop up. Right, we, we've right. seen it all year. All year. It was a directional kick. Yeah. And he kicks it the opposite way of the direction. Shacked it. Right at the side of his foot. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Why? We got to the point, if you remember, guys, we got we were happy. Hey, Covey at least catches the ball. Like, really? That's where we're at? That he that he right. Covey at least catches the ball? And we were satisfied with that. Yeah. We were like, all right, at least that's what it is. No. Like, no. It's not acceptable. Here's the thing, too. When you go back and look at that punt return, as, as, as gut-wrenching as it was, Barrett, watch when Tony feels the ball. He feels the ball low, so his momentum's carrying him forward. Yep. He takes his initial steps right into the Eagles' coverage. When he decided to adjust fields, he slipped twice. He slipped twice. You just go dig it in. Just no, it in. I'm no, because you bring up a great point that special teams came back and bit him in the backside again. But he slipped twice and somebody missed the tackle. Who is it that missed the tackle on him? I'd have to go back and look. I was I was so infuriated to that point. I, I don't I couldn't even see straight. I, I don't know. But there were two, at least two missed tackles. At 100% there was two missed tackles. He, he missed, the dude Terrible. slipped like he was in an ice capade. Terrible. They couldn't get him. He missed. He slipped two tackles. They couldn't get him. It's just but totally unacceptable. See, now the one for me, and I'm just going to stick to the Super Bowl. The one for me is I sit here on Wednesday at 1.57 p.m. I still can't get over the fact that Patrick Mahomes completed not just 74% of his passes for a game, but completed 93% of his passes in the second half. 13 to 14, I think. The man, the only incompletion was a throwaway. He was never under duress. He completed 13 out of 14, not 10 out of 14, 13 out of 14 passes in the second half. I still can't, I still can't come to grips with that, that your vaunted defense could not get to him and disrupt him enough to make him throw more incompletions. 92% completion in 30 minutes of football. B. Brooks. Terrible. I know. That's horrible, man. You know, because we couldn't get – but at one point, do our all-star DBs. Make Thank you. Job. Make a play. Slay I mean, didn't make a play for nine weeks, nine, ten weeks. <laughs> You've been on Slay. You've been on his back, bro. <laughs> I'm not I'm – not ha- I like Bradbury better than Slay, personally. I think Slay's a little overrated, frankly. But, man, that's the anyway. nature of the beast, man. I – for a long time, man, long time, I wanted DBs of this caliber, and I was so happy they got DBs. Yeah, of this caliber. I hear you. I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I, I'm spoiled now. Now I need I need DBs of that caliber still. I'm Remember, right. we had a bunch of guys out there were just guys. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for a for long time. years and years and years. And if yep. the defensive line didn't get uh, didn't get uh, any pressure, yeah, then I knew they were going over the top. And I remember eating 
and assets like they were like 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 they were M and M's, bro. I mean, just eat, down eat what? them. Wait, eat what? And assets. Oh, tums. Okay. Just taking tums. Not acid. See, we all in front of company. You want somebody to eat? I'm taking. See, that's what I'm talking about, right? Hi, bro. Let's all in front that. of company. See let's take a me? timeout. We're bringing company on when we get back. So let's get a timeout. <laughs> where Derek does some more things to annoy Barrett, right? Even further, which doesn't take much. Uh, we will take a quick timeout. We come back and Z. We'll skip the uh, the live read here. Amy Fadul from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Talk a little oh, little man. hoop, man. Last game before the All Star break, fellas. Okay. Oh. And I would say she's gonna come on to save me, and she's gonna she's gonna drive the the dagger even. She's tried to save you too many times. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Sometimes there's no saving. The only she's do, she's gonna so participate much. just like just like yes. Derek is doing. She's That's shaking your head in, in <laughs> bewilderment as we. No, speak. what's so funny is all I have to do is set him up, and he goes off. I just make a generic statement. And I know. I know. He, he, he needs some of that Aaron Rodgers dark, uh, you know, retreat. You're right, You're right about that. Peyote. You know what? Maybe that spray paint tonight will loosen him up tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're stepping too much of that, Derek. All right, let's get a timeout. We'll come back. Amy's going to join us. We're looking forward to hanging out with Amy, talking some Sixers. We'll get her thoughts on the Eagles as well, but we'll do that when we come back. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. Sports Take, right back with Amy. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
My name is uh, Francoeno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Surviving, we're getting there. Uh, we are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, always, always great to be joined by our next guest. She does an awesome job. Sixers pre and post game from NBC Sports Philadelphia. You can follow her on Twitter at Amy Fadul NBCS. Amy, wh- what am I going to do with these two, man? I mean, <laughs> the, the fact that you just started talking and they both started laughing is never good. No, I, I started laughing because. When Amy popped up, she's got that Cheshire cat grin on her face, and I'm thinking she's getting ready to sting one of us. I don't know who it's going to be. She's been listening to all this nonsense. I've been listening. I've been yes. listening. She's, she's uh, going to get one of us sooner or later. So. Right, right. You just, yes. I just know it. I mean, she does stuff. Like, she she does stuff. Like, we're on a show together, and she just – we're about to end the show. I mean, it's only like a minute left, and she'll say something like, as the show's going off, she's about to read the credits going, she goes, she'll say something, yep. What'd she say? Um, 60% of the time, of the time it, it works, works every, every time. time. And I'm sitting there like, wait, wait, what? What did you just say? You know, so I'm, exactly. I'm trying to clear it up. Nope, that's what it is. And we'll go to break. I'm like, you can't just go to break like that. You can't just <laughs> throw stuff out like gotta that. Get, just, a little, gotta keep everybody on the toes, including you, babe. That's it. Uh, I'm gonna set, I'm gonna set this last for post-game show, the last post-game show of the year. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she sends this meme to me. Of well, myself. you, it was just your face. <laughs> that it was became classic. a meme. That was classic. Oh, uh, it when was Michael face. may have used some, some yeah. language. Yeah. That Bear, was classic. Barrett's face was like, did we just. Okay. <laughs> it was classic, like kid in school when some other kid just goes off or says something to the teacher, and you're like, you're just oh, like, okay, okay, that's you, friend, and not me. Yeah, things have just changed a little bit. Yes, it's taking a turn. Uh, Amy does this to me all the time. She'll find something. She'll just, just out of nowhere too. Just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That just happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. that happened. <laughs> that's how it was. Them's the rules. Hey, um, give me. Uh, We'll talk Sixers in a second. I'm curious yeah, yeah. your thoughts on the Eagles. Uh, you, you follow everything. You cover everything. You're, you you do yeah. Birds Huddle. You do Sixers, Philly. It doesn't matter. Flyers. You're everywhere. Uh, so I know you, you keep a close eye on this and you watch the game. Yeah. What do you think about everything that went down? I mean, that was an opportunity lost. That There's just really no way to say it. It's just you guys have been talking about the defense. Yeah, Everyone's going to lament the call, and, and and they should, obviously. And, and it, you know, it was the moment that it happened and the fact that maybe those ticky tack calls hadn't been called earlier and to call it in that moment, you know, that's obviously going to be something that people are going to think about, but you, you got to really think about how that last, how the second half went. It was funny. I was on with Ray at halftime live because uh, those guys were out in Arizona. So I was on with him in our studio, in our, uh, in our studios at, uh, in Philadelphia. And he said to me, he's like, listen, yeah, they're the Kansas city chiefs are going to score as soon as the, the second half starts. Like that's just a given. 
And I was like, really Mahomes? And he goes, no, no, no. Like that's a given. You just have to be able to react to that and move on from that. And then be able to punch back essentially is what he said. And obviously he was right in that regard, but it was the fact that they just, they, I mean, it was basically going to be four touchdowns in a row. The last one w- would have been a touchdown if he had not, you know, obviously pulled up there, but it was, it was that reaction to me was that they were on their heels. The defense defense was the entire, um, you know, most of the third quarter and all the fourth quarter and just letting him do whatever he wanted to do. I mean, let's look at those two of those touchdowns were wide. I mean, he walked in like not untouched. And I think that when you go back and think about the missed opportunity, that's where it's going to come. Jalen hurts the fumble. He answered that. I thought pretty well, right yeah. afterwards. I thought he acquitted himself exceptionally well. Um, and there's, you know, chatter about, oh, did he run to, you know, he, he did what the defenses allowed him to do, just like Patrick Mahomes did what the defenses allowed him to do. It wasn't like Patrick Mahomes had this insane game where he threw for 500 yards or whatever. He didn't need to. The defenses um, scheme gave him all kinds of options. So I thought that that was, to me, was the, the breakdown. It was just, a, a, it was disappointing in a different way than, you know, when I was on with you guys talking about the Phillies run, because the expectation was, was there. I don't know yeah. that we really thought, oh yeah the Phillies are absolutely going to win the world right like, oh, yep. they're going right. against right. the Houston Astros like let's see how this one goes like they've mm-hmm. had a lot of good luck go their way and you know and it's worked out this one, you thought they were the better team and they played like the better team for you know, half the game so I think that that was where the disappointed is disappointment comes is that it was there it was there for the taking the parade should be happening um, and said here instead today of with 65 degrees out it would have been perfect beautiful beautiful parade day no question. That's the problem right there. It's supposed to be parade day today. Today was supposed to be the day we were supposed to have the parade. Mm-hmm. I think they said, yeah, either Wednesday or Thursday. I think they were going to try to figure that out. But the thing Play the is, weather. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. It would have been, it would have been a really, uh, it really been a really good cap to that season because the season had been so magical. And I think that's, that's the disappointment of it. It's just like, it's, it was there. It was there yeah. for the taking and it's so hard to get there. Um, and it's hard to get back. I mean, obviously, the Chiefs learned from their their loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. and they made adjustments um, on a lot of aspects, I thought. And so now the Eagles have that opportunity, and maybe they can get back there um, in just a couple of years. So we'll see. Mm. All right. Well, the good thing is pitchers and catchers tomorrow, and we yes. are about at the halfway mark of the Sixers here, Aim. And well, let's yeah, let's get one more loss um, in the finals just to really round it on out. <laughs> really culminate. Really bring it home. Great year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make it three out of four. Yeah. Where did the press us, Amy? Yeah. Well, we sit <laughs> here, and, Abe, I'm, there, curious, I'm curious where you, where you fall on this part of it, because we talk about this all the time. There's been a lot of good with the Sixers in the first half. I'm going to say first half, whatever it is. So 37 and 19 so far. I think I have one more tonight. Nice test with, with the Cavaliers tonight. It's going to be a fun one. Um, but So a lot of good. Embiid, you know, 33 points a game, 10 rebounds, Harden assist-wise. Maxi really looks like he's – you know, I'm sure he's not in love with it, but he's he's mm-hmm. such a team player. He's good with coming off the bench, and he's he's crushing. But are we setting ourselves up for here we go again? Yeah, they're good. Nobody doubts that. They could probably win a, a round, but are we still there? Or do we feel – is there anything different here to make us maybe look at this any differently? I mean, I, hope springs eternal with the Sixers, so I hope so, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that for a fact. I and mean, there's definitely those moments – you saw it against the the Celtics, and you're thinking, we're just not quite there yet, are we? Are we, mm-hmm. we thought we were there, and we're just not quite there yet. And it was disappointing to have have that game be decided like that. And, and the perimeter defense, 
And the Sixers are a very good defensive team. Very good. Um, but then they had that loss to the, the Knicks and then the Celtics, and you're thinking, all right, well, are we not who we thought we were? Because we thought we were a pretty good team. We thought we were a top team in the East. And then you go against the top teams in the East, and you're thinking, oh, it doesn't look so good. Obviously, they had a really nice bounce-back win um, against the Knicks. And they, I, people are going to kind of poo-poo the, the Nets win in Brooklyn. But that's that Nets team got better, let's face yeah, it. They, they trimmed some fat. Uh, they brought in players that are actual players. They might not have a superstar, but they got a lot of really good players. And Ben Simmons plays like sporadically at best. So I think that that's a team that I don't, I think that the Sixers will beat them in a series, but they're a team that's going to make a little bit of a noise. So that at least was something to, to feel good about after the Celtics and the previous Knicks loss. But there's still a lot of questions. The, the perimeter shooting, if a team gets hot in Boston, added more shooting and Mike Muscala, that's a problem. I mean, they've been burnt a lot from the perimeter. We don't have to go back that far to look at guys like Zach Levine and CJ McCollum who had career nights uh, from beyond the arc. So that is a, is a thing that, that is concerning. Now, Tyrese Max, you mentioned, I think he is the X factor in the playoffs and the fact that he's going to be a guy that could keep this going. He's had these missteps a little bit. Obviously he had the foot injury, so he worked his way back from that. And now he's having to work his way through this six man role. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Rob. I, I think he does it because that's who he is. It's what he's asked to do. He saw the writing on the wall and said, listen, I'm going to make the most of it. But I mean, it, personally speaking, I can't imagine a guy like that's happy about it because he's a starter. Yeah, He's a starter in the league and he's going to be coming up for a contract soon. And you don't give max deals to bench players. So uh, I'll be interested to see, not this season. I think he'll handle this as well as he has. And I think he will always handle it well. But at some point he's going to, need to be a starter again so if that comes after this year i guess it's something to 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 wait and see but you know he's 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 a good x factor i think a guy like george niang is a good x factor niang wasn't very good in the playoffs uh last year he wasn't very good in the playoffs when he was with the jazz so is this like a a thing we're going to see again because you have to have that bench scoring have to have it we thought we had it in d'anthony melton and now he's a starter so it's a it's something to watch there's still too many question marks and i don't know they're going to be answered tonight just because it's a tough test, but the last game before the break is cut. I mean, we've all been there. Okay, yeah. it's the last day before spring break. Like, don't give me a test. It's not going to go well for me. <laughs> I mean, it would go well for me. It wouldn't go well for Barrett. Right. <laughs> That's, you're probably right in, in a yeah. lot of – But see, Amy, you know, playing off of what you just said, and I've been talking about this and thinking about this for a long time, when we measure the 76ers by the best of the best in the East, okay, and we know who they are, my biggest concern with this Sixers team is – the one thing that I have a major question mark about that is solidified with the other two teams in front of them is their depth rotation from that bench. And to me, it's been so inconsistent. It worries me about them when they start playing the second season. Will they have success or failure again, which cost them the last two years? Yeah. Jalen McDaniels, I think you can't underestimate what we've seen. We've seen him so limited, but he's he could be a guy that, he fills that Matisse role as far as a defensive player, but he can actually right. knock down a three-point with some regularity. Um, and that's not a knock on Matisse. I think the guy um, can be a talented player in the NBA for whatever role that they need him in. Right. I just think he needed a change of scenery, and he's going to get it out in Portland and less pressure um, and and more free minutes. You know, when, when these mm-hmm. guys get in, it's like they're constantly looking over their shoulder because if they miss a shot, they're going to get pulled because they mm-hmm. have they have talent uh, on this roster obviously but yeah the bench was it's been a question mark for a couple of years now you thought right. you solved some of it um like i said with d'anthony melton who was a tremendous 
uh, role player off the bench for the Grizzlies, filled in for John Morant very well when he went down with his injury, but then filled that role for them. And then now he's in the starting lineup because they like the way that he um, kind of does that defensive effort right mm-hmm. uh, from the jump, which I get. Tyrese Maxey the other night came off the bench and still played 32 minutes. Like, if that's mm-hmm. how it's going to be, that's what you need to see. He's still playing starter minutes. He's closing games. But, yeah, there is there is a question mark because your bench unit, I mean, let's face it, they picked up Dwayne Dedman. He's not – he was here – he's a process sixer. Like, that's all I need to say. Yeah. They love collecting – here at backups i mean you yeah. just, you're trying to they have no feel role, for I that guess. position Amy. they have no feel it's, for that they, they had one good one um yeah. andre drummond i think yeah. was probably the best option mm-hmm. um and that's i mean you're going back but it's in the playoffs adding guys just for the playoffs you're going back to like greg monroe mm-hmm. that was um a disaster uh, Dwight DeAndre jordan. A disaster. deandre yeah. jordan he barely oh played Dwight De- uh, howard got run over him in the yes. playoffs and that was we all know with Dwight Howard, who God loved, that he was a great guy, yes. but not a playoff. Uh, not at that at the point. end of his career. Yeah. So it, he's seven feet. He could block a shot. It, that's why they were kicking the tires, I think, on Nerlens Noel, had these specialists. You know, they, they obviously value defense. They're a very good defensive team. Um, they're you know top five uh, defensive rating, I think, in the league. Problem is Celtics and the Bucks and the Cavaliers are all ahead of them. They're like one, two, three. So it's uh, – <laughs> It's, it's, it'll be interesting because the East is the real test and they have a formidable schedule coming up. Um, they had some, you know, the West Coast trips that they had where they did well, they had maybe one or two opponents that were tough, but they have some, pretty much every team, I think it's like 80% of their schedule left are playoff bound teams. Mm. So um, it'll be very interesting. You know, it's funny we call this halfway point, but Rob, you mentioned it. I mean, 37 wins already. We're, they only have 27 games to go. It's an 82-game season. Yep. So it's obviously we're, we're over at the quarter market uh, making that final turn. So they need to learn a lot. Um, and the good news is they will. They will learn a lot because you're playing against some really high-caliber opponents. They come back from the break, and you've got the, the Celtics and the Grizzlies, and you're, you're, you're hit the, you hit the ground running. And obviously they've got a couple more against some of these teams in the East. They play the Celtics again. So it'll be – a real test, but to answer both of your questions, I don't, the health of Joel Embiid is the number one thing. Yep. Like you can bring in whomever you choose, but if he's not healthy in the postseason, you're not getting past the first round. No. Uh, that's just, that's just simple facts. And I thought last year, obviously it was a fluke injury, but fluke injuries happen. And that's, that's the thing. If he's healthy, yeah, you can absolutely get to, you know, the Eastern conference finals. If he's not healthy, there's, I, I don't see that happening. Well, well, let me ask you this. I mean, Okay, we're in the season. I've, I haven't been here. I've been hearing about everybody, you know, everybody else talking about everything else. But I haven't heard the conversation get back to Doc and how's, and how's Doc going to be able to coach this team as they go forward. Mm-hmm. His inability to get them going in the playoffs, you know. I'm looking at a, a Celtics team that had their two start, their two best players out, and yet they're still beating us and beating everybody else. Mm-hmm. They play or just about beating everybody else without their two star players. And to me, that's coaching. Why can't we do that? Why can't we turn the corner and become a a, a 76ers team? You mean, is, is it the coaching aspect of it, or is this our roster just not good enough to do that? Yeah, it's maybe a little bit of, of both. I mean, Doc, I think, has actually coached better than than maybe people will give him credit for just because right, right. he does have some mental lapses, and the team has had some mental lapses, I should say. Um, and so that will fall on the coaching, that Celtics game, where Jalen Brown barely – he played, what, they had four points he left before halftime. Jason right. Tatum had an off game and they were missing 
Al Horford and Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, and you're thinking you should you should absolutely roll it. And it be a blowout, it yeah. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. even close. So that's a game. And then, but you go back to some of the games where they did come to play um, against the Bucks and the Celtics earlier in the season, and um, yeah, without the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And and even when they didn't have Embiid or they did have him, so it's interesting. You know, it's that's the way that, of, of the coach. That's like being a quarterback, like it's always going to be on you. You have to be able to take that. And obviously Doc's been around a lot. So you take the good with the bad. You just hope that the good outweighs the bad. And right now it was outweighing it. Like it, mm-hmm. all those little laps, you're like, all right, well, it's, we lost the Rockets. That's terrible. But like they just beat the Nuggets or they just beat the Celtics or they just beat the Knicks. Like, so it was like, okay, the good was outweighing the bad. But now you've had, you know, two lackluster um, with the Knicks and the Celtics back-to-back, two lackluster kind of performances you backed it up with a good one against the Knicks at home and then a, a decent one I thought um against the Nets on the road but if you don't if you don't keep it going all that good is completely washed away because you go back and you remember they had a lackluster effort as you mentioned B against the Celtics an undermanned Celtics team um and if you can't beat an undermanned Celtics team watch out when Jalen Brown comes I mean these are all-stars yeah. they've got all-stars up and down I don't want to think about it yeah so it's, I mean, the good news is you wouldn't meet them into the Eastern Conference Finals, but there's a good chance, depending on how this thing shakes out, that you might have to get through the Bucks and the Celtics. And that's, that's a problem. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, that's, it's, that's an issue because no matter if the Bucks are fully um, healthy, they still have Giannis. And Giannis is, you know, some people will call him the best player in the league. Uh, they probably would be right, mm-hmm. but he's certainly one of the more complete players in the league. Mm-hmm. And he just, he has that extra level in the postseason. I think that's mm-hmm. the one thing that, that the Sixers are missing. The, these guys need to take it to the extra level. We haven't been able to see Joel Embiid fully take it. We saw that in like the first round when he's been healthy and it's like, oh, this is amazing. Like he, look at him, he's, he's, he's doing everything mm-hmm. we thought and then he'll get injured. And it's like, you can't see him take that next step fully take the next step so mm. that's what like I, like I like Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler like goes through the regular season and then all of a sudden he's like Turns laser eyes come on yeah right yep. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly this guy. a so straight assassin guy. a killer yeah, yeah. Assassin, stone cold and yep. it's good that they picked up some of that kind of like toughness obviously PJ Tucker Ryan Brennan who's mm-hmm. our producer for Sixers pre, pre and post game he BB. always likes to joke like we should bubble wrap PJ Tucker. Do not open until April because that is what he is there for. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't even think about you. You don't even need him. Just wor- 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 don't worry about the regular season. PJ Tucker is here for one reason. And it is the playoffs. And you see the difference, you know, when they played the Nets here, when they had Kevin Durant, he just, he shuts people down. Um, he is a force defensively. I don't care. You look at his stats and he's a zero on the offensive line and then his mm-hmm. plus minus is like plus one it's i've never seen anything like it uh it it's pretty me funny because you don't see that stat line as much no. you don't see yeah that. i mean and, and plus minus isn't always such an indicator but i will say to go back to somebody we were talking about tyrese maxi you know his last three games combined plus 72 he's instant energy instant offense and if he could do that, and he's been able to do that on, on the biggest stages, um, that'll be something that I would like to see as far as taking that next step because he is dying for it. He is made for this big stage. He is that guy that can put that laser focus type of thing on and, and put his head down to work. And when he gets in the game, he goes to work instantly. So that's, I think, something that you know, we like, I would like to see uh, come playoff time because there's just there's guys that are waiting to do it. They just... They need that chance, but they have to set themselves up for success in order to get that chance. 
I aim. So I guess my question hmm. is how much more well-rounded is this roster than maybe the one exclude, excluding the backup center spot, which I don't think any of us love, but going into this with the Anthony Melton who can defend, who's getting that starting spot in front of Tyrese. Yeah. You're adding some of the other pieces that they've added here uh, to get a Jalen McDaniels at the trade mm-hmm. deadline to do some other things that they've done that, you know, Harden being assist first in, in, in some ways, are, are they better equipped now if, if if all things are equal roster wise than they were the last couple of years, if Embiid's healthy, yeah, absolutely. Um, because of the things you just mentioned, uh, PJ Tucker, um, and then the backup five obviously is going to be a big question mark. But I think Doc is satisfied with the offense defense role of P- Paul Reed versus um, uh, Montrez Harrell. So that'll be that'll be something to, to watch. I, I I think that's a big question mark because you can't. You can't run and be into the ground. You do need him if you want to have a playoff run for sustained success. But the one thing we saw is that Joe Embiid plays so much better now on back-to-backs. Like he gets in that rhythm. It's actually helpful for him. So maybe the playoffs could be that kind of um, salve, I guess, for for the questions about his uh, endurance. But yeah, I think it is a better roster overall. Jalen McDaniels adds a lot. I thought he was a piece that they were missing. They needed that kind of wing three and D guy. Mm. He's very rangy. He's, it was a lot to me in his very first game um, of like real time, real action that they put him on ball at that late uh, kind of play coming in at the very end. He was on ball. He was in the last seconds of a game. Here's a guy that just literally rolled it up into Philadelphia. So I think that those are, those are one, there was one, well, obviously Spencer did when he shot did not go in, but right it was the he's on ball like he's up there you know guarding um the inbounds play so i thought that that was a a telling thing that they they trust him doc's looking very glowingly of him i think they've actually been a little bit surprised Mm -hmm. how much better he is because you don't it's hard to see when he's in charlotte and obviously they're mired down in a a team that's kind of tanking for web and yama but i think it's a better overall roster is it a championship roster i mean obviously there was only one way to decide that and that's when you bring home the trophy but i think it's a champ a a championship contending roster. I think it's so much more well-rounded. You'd have to go back to the Jimmy Butler year to have a, a roster that's, that's this complete. Is it the most complete roster? No, there's no way. I, I think you look at some of the teams in the top of the East, I think the Celtics have the most complete roster. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't always – I mean, the Suns had the most complete roster two years ago. It doesn't right. mean anything. They, they couldn't even get to the finals that year So um, or last year. So it'll be interesting to see. But I do think it's a better roster than they've had. I think they address some of the needs – they felt needed to be addressed with the toughness, um, you know, the PJ Tucker, the Montrez Harrell, those kind of like enforcer types and offensively Montrez Harrell gives, does give you some. Um, and then D'Anthony Melton has just been a real um, Mr. They call him Mr. Do something. He has been a Mr. Do everything for them, whatever role that they've needed him to be. Uh, he's filled that role. He can knock down that three he can certainly defend very well. So I think his addition and the addition of, of a guy like Jalen McDaniels does make it a more complete roster off the bench. Um, and uh, in the starting rotation, no matter how you kind of chunk up those minutes. But yeah, it's, I mean, Embiid, it starts and ends with him. But I think it is a better roster. I don't think that there's any doubt when you look at the team, the way it's made up this year. And you mentioned Harden, and he's leading the league in assists. He's almost 11 assists a game. So that's a, and then he can be a guy to get you 25 points. I mean, that's, it's about, he's having a very good year. I know uh, there, there's a joke out there, and I've seen it on the internet that, when they had called him for the, to be an all-star reserve, he found out it was in Salt Lake and was like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> because he has all-star numbers. Yeah, some of his clubs may not be out there in, in force. <laughs> some of the establishments he likes to frequent may not be in force. I don't think you can do anything after 10 o'clock out there. Hey, that probably doesn't sit well with James. So, yeah. so 
So um, let me ask you, why did they keep Big Ball Paul, man? We we know he doesn't like him. He's not going to play him. Why keep him? I I don't um well, I'll quote Jim Lynham. Someone needs to be at the end of the bench. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. But he didn't say that about B-Ball Paul. He didn't oh. say that about. I think B-Ball Paul has a role here. I think that maybe it's a front office thing. You I'm think not that. Sure who, you no, think that. No. But they, he doesn't he think about, that. He said Stop it about Furkan. It was said about Furkan. Why is Because a lot of people thought, you know, um, Furkan, why is Furkan? Hey. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I got to hear this, man. I got to hear this. We'll get her back. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Amy, Uh-oh. if you can hear us. Oh, look at this. Let's try and reconnect. I think we got oh, her. Sorry. We got her back. We, yeah, lost you, we lost you right, right when you were about to address that. But my, of course, it's always Furkan. in the middle of a yeah. salient point. Furkan. Um, yes, Jimmy, it was like that the question was asked in the newsroom, like, why isn't Furkan going to be moved at the trade deadline? Why is Furkan still here? Um, because the poor guy wants to play. Obviously, he said it like, let's play me. I can help somebody. And that's when it was like, you need someone at the end of the bench. <laughs> there he is. Well, I think B-Ball Paul, Paul has a role here. I, don't, I mean, somebody likes him, whether it's the front office or members of the coaching staff, but they think that he can fill that defensive role um, as far as, you know, the offense, defense, subbing in for Joel and B. They kind of use two players to make up for one. So he and Montrez split that, and I, you know he's he he play he plays. He plays. I, I like him. I, I don't think Doc does, Amy. No, Doc has a, he seems to um, be reticent to play younger players. I think that that's especially Agreed. in big game situations, um, and that's either experience or something he sees that you know that we, we don't we're not privy to. Um, or just a, a philosophy, but I think that that's something he's a little bit more reluctant to go with a young guy, especially in a big his, game or a big situation. I think he keeps his phone in his pocket while they're practicing. That's what it is. Paul, that's, put that. That phone was only up. one player. That was yeah, that, oh, okay, that okay. guy's having a tough time guy. somewhere else right now. <laughs> that guy, that guy, that, that guy who's literally built for a small ball five role to surround him with shooters, which is exactly what they have in the Nets right now. It's all shooters and Simmons, and he still can't get more than like 10 minutes again. I got to tell you, just on that note, I so admire Jacques Vaughn. I love the guy because he is not trying to kiss, kiss Ben's rear end. Like, and he's been that way. And he was that way he with a care. lot of the nonsense that went on there. Like, he is a truth teller, and he laid it out the other day. He's like, look, it's tough to figure this out we got to pair him with this guy and if we go to this it doesn't really work and if we do that like he's honest almost to a fault but i love it man yeah Good work jock Vaughn's quote was like we're still working to find lineups that work for ben yeah <laughs> the man yeah. used to be a three-time all-star yeah and he the max contract. averaging yeah. close to averaging a triple double he's now a triple single yeah, yeah. exactly a triple well single exactly like that well said yeah. See, she just comes up with stuff like that. I'm just supposed to be cool with it, you know. Like, she true. always does that. Barry, you could shoot 40% from the free throw line in the NBA. You could be a 6-6-6, Barry. He's a 6-6-6 now. That's what he is. Okay. He's all oh across the board. It's not good. Oh, my goodness. It's, it is amazing. Well, let me ask him the, the job that Doc Rivers has done, you know, uh, uh, and a lot of us uh, maybe have been very critical of him in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but – the results speak for themselves. I mean, it's been a pretty darn good year. They're almost 20. Yeah. They, get, they win the night. They're what? 19 games over 500 going mm-hmm. into the, the break here. He's got the most out of this group. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that uh, you know, the, the missteps because they've come against like the recently the Celtics and the Knicks. And there's some other games where you're just like, and obviously earlier in the season, some of the, the you're like, Oh, the start of the season. Yikes. 
but I think he's actually probably done the best coaching job since coming here to Philadelphia. I think this is his best coaching year. Um, I think he has gotten the most out of this team. I think that he's um, found good rotations. I think he's had good sets and good plays. Um, but then there's always going to be the ones where it's like, you couldn't get these guys up for a Celtics. Like, what are we doing here? And then, but the flip side of that to play devil's advocate is like, do you need to get players up for a Celtics game? Like, come on, what are we doing? Like, why do you need me to motivate you? Shouldn't mm -hmm. you be motivating yourself? But yes, you, you do need the coach to kind of, you know, get on you. And I think that he has done a better job of that. Um, I thought it, I think he's done a very good job. I mean, he was coach of the month um, for the month of January in the entire um, East. So I thought that that was a, a sign because there's some very good teams in the East and they had a good record in January. And I think that February is, it still can be a very good month for them. But it's all about what have you done for me lately? So when you if you ask me after the 5-0 and West Coast road trip or the eight straight road wins, it's like, yeah, he's doing a great job. And if you ask me after the Celtics game, I'm like, nope. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, it's terrible. I mean, it's no, but it, you're terrible. right. For this team, like all this stuff's well and good. The whole city's like, you know, call me when the playoffs start. And, and you know, if you want me to take you really, really seriously. And I don't blame them. Like, I, I'm, I'm always like a smell the roses guy, enjoy the run. But I think with this team, I, it's a little more justified than maybe some other teams. Yeah, because we've been there before, right? Yeah. I mean, we've had teams very talented um, and teams that have expectations and that are built for seemingly, you know, a long postseason run. And then, then it flames out, whether it was injury or circumstance or whatever. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of things at play, but the bottom line is everybody goes through that. Every single team goes through injury and random circumstance and opponents that don't match up well. And that's just one of the, the things you have to work through. So I do think that they are building better towards that goal. I think that there is a better structure, infrastructure built. I think the team is, is comprised better. And I think some of the work that they're doing now will pay dividends. Um, and I, I do see them getting past the second round for the first time in 20 years. Oh. And I, don't, I know. I don't know that I thought that. I thought I was like, I was hopeful, but I was like, ah, there's still that trepidation. But there, is a better foundation I think and I think Doc has done a better job of getting the players that he wanted and so now it's now there's no excuse and they, they went out and got toughness that's what they wanted they went out and they got a guy that can play three and D they got two of them um obviously Jalen McDaniels on a lesser scale but still a guy that can you know he's ha averaging 10 points that's 10 that's 10 more points than we had from Matisse Thibel yeah. so I think that that's They've got guys now. Um, do they have the most complete roster? As I said, no, but I think they've got a more complete roster. So the foundation is there and Doc has done a better job. So I think that this could be a year. I mean, are they going to win at all? I don't know. They certainly have an opportunity. And I don't know, aside from maybe last year when Joel B was having an MVP year, I thought, wow, that could really, but it was only 26 games, the regular season with Harden. So there's so many question marks there. Those question marks aren't there. Um, as much as I've, I've had them. And I think that they are a, a very good team. And I think Doc has done a good job. You know what I'm going to say to that? 60% of the time. September Super Bowl. No, 60% of the time, they'll make it to the third time. round 100%. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to believe it's been over 20 years since they've even thought about getting past the second. I mean, listen. Wow. Allen Iverson, who people like, obviously, we, we love, that was it. Yep. He was the guy. Yeah, got there one time. I mean, wow, don't put it in that perspective. Since they won it, since one time they gotten they've gotten the Eastern Conference Finals one time, yeah. or in, in the NBA Finals one time since they won it. To Rob's point, like it's what are we doing here? They've I had know. winners, they've had good teams, 
it just it, obviously it's hard. We know that, but like, what's happening? But there's hard. good mojo in Philly. Listen, we've got to go three for four in championship losses because that's what we need in Negadelphia. <laughs> we need to really <laughs> just lean into this whole role now. All right, Ames. So give us uh, what, the lowdown tonight. What's the deal? Uh, yeah. Pre pre game, post game, the whole night. Coming up at seven o'clock. Um, okay. It's on another channel too, but make sure you watch on NBC Sports Philadelphia, obviously, because you want to hear from Jim Lineham and Mark Jackson. Yes. But it'll, it's a uh, Joel Embiid, I think, is questionable. He's, I think he enters every game questionable. It's like the year that Brady was on the injury He's report every single play. week, just because. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, the odds makers, they always seem to know if uh, Joel's in questionable because that line. Doo, 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 doo. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's a good. They had a good litmus test the other day. This obviously is a very good litmus test. The Cavaliers are a talented team. They're athletic. Darius Garland um, is a very good player. They got a couple of DGs there now with Danny Green just added. I don't know if he'll be available tonight. I think he just joined the team yesterday. But, um, you know, they, they're they a young team. And I think that's why they went out and got a guy like Danny Green to give them that kind of veteran presence for the, the playoff run. But, I mean, Damian Lillard, he's, what, what six games of 40-plus points this year? Mm-hmm. He's an absolute scoring machine. So it'll be interesting. De'Anthony Melton will have his work cut out for him, guarding him. Jalen McDaniels might be tasked to, to put on him since he's playing that Matisse Seibel role, and that's what Matisse would do. Don't be surprised if he gets hot. You see P.J. Tucker on him because uh, you need to, to be able to stop that guy. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I mean, I look for a good game. If everybody's healthy, I think the Sixers win because I think at the end of the day, that center role, if Joel Embiid is, in play, is playing, no one, no one can stop. Mark Jackson has to say he's the biggest, baddest guy in the league, and he's, he's true. That's it's a true statement because he is such a force. You watch players when they drive in, and, and if Joel Embiid's standing there, it's it's a pass right away. I'm not going against this guy. He's a mountain of a man. So, um, and offensively, there's not many players that can really guard uh, him that well when he really wants to go to work. So, if he's in, I look for the Sixers to cap off the the first half of the season, certainly before the All Star break, with a win and go in with 38 wins, um, which would be a very good mark for them. Um, but if he's not in, obviously it's a wild card. You never know. Sixers are capable of winning without Joel Embiid. We've seen that. You look for a guy like Tyrese Maxey to go crazy. Um, um, and he's done that before. So uh, I like their chances. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really good one. This It's an athletic, uh, very skilled, very young Cavaliers team. And we've seen anything this season. The Sixers have trouble with athletic young young teams. They did with the Rockets, for Pete's sake. Transition uh, teams. Yeah. The, the teams that play, you know, really that that high level, um, super fast pace. That's not the Sixers' pace. It is when Maxi gets in the game, but it's not generally with uh, Harden and Embiid out there. Yeah, aim good, great stuff. We're, we're looking great forward to tonight pre and post with uh, yourself and the coach and Mark okay, Jackson. Keep up the good work, and thanks for thank uh, you. Thanks for tolerating thank you, Gunner. Amy. We appreciate it. Uh, why is, why is it always I mean, me? Is that out I've been nice. Why 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 is it always I meant me? I to text I mean, that. I've been nice it's so, for the it's last so nice to see you. It's so nice to see you. Barrett, I see you all the time. It's always nice to see you, Pete. Don't get me wrong, but it's really nice to see Derek and Rob. Thank I, you. I don't Thank you, pleasure. Amy. You, uh, I'm, I'm so glad you were on this segment because dealing with these two have really spoiled my 65-degree weather day. So you're still going to go out and probably fish, and you'll be just fine and grill a bunch of stuff. So I think Correct. you'll be okay today. You're probably right. Yes. Okay, well, I'll be over for dinner around 6 o'clock it's on my correct. way to work. You, you, she's, you she's the only are, other person that can come by. Yeah, you're invited. You're the you, only one. unlike these two, always have an open invite. Yes. Amy, tell Sean we said hi. We appreciate it. I will. It.
Thank you, guys. Take care. That is Amy Fadul. She's great. She's awesome. All right, let's get a quick in here. What is this pick on D Gun? I don't. It's pick on D Gun Day. I I have been my well. I got I got buried. I thought I I meant to text that to Amy. I didn't know I actually said that out loud. You know, before we go to break, though, while Amy was was talking and giving us great information, I was watching the, the the feed here, and everybody was talking about the. Kansas City Chiefs right now is on television. They're live parade. Super yeah. Bowl parade, and, and Eagles fans don't do it. D- don't yeah. don't watch. That's just it, you're it, asking it only, for pain. Yeah, don't you know don't I mean? watch it. Don't watch it. No, don't do it you, you, because it only adds misery to to what has already been a miserable week in hindsight of the Super Bowl. So there's some so things you can yeah. you just choose to avoid it. You, don't yeah. do it to yourself. You're a masochist if you watch that. You're asking yeah. for pain. Yeah. You know. All right. Uh, exactly. Let's come back. Let's uh, let's do this. We didn't can't get a chance to get to this, but five things we've learned from this NFL season. All right. Five takeaways that we have now that the season's over. We will dig into that when we come back. Don't go mm. anywhere. Xander, I'll do the uh, the Razor Tech uh, read right here. All right. Right back. Continue that. We'll do birthdays. We'll do movies. All kinds of good stuff in store for you. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. Razor Technology. IT infrastructure environments are more, are more complex and heterogeneous than ever before. Consequently, teams struggle to respond to pressing issues with the speed necessary to promote positive business results, and the data that powers predictive monitoring and automation is left unexploited. Razor Technology addresses this challenge with a holistic approach that connects every part of an organization's technology assets, enabling proactive and secure IT operations without sacrificing the agility that drives innovation. Razor Technology automates monitoring and management to bolster IT teams that are feeling stretched thin. And it improves auditing and reporting procedures so that actionable insights find their way to the leaders that need them most. Save time and money on your IT and cloud services and secure your organization with leading end-to-end infrastructure solutions by calling Razor Technology today at 866 797-3282, 797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Swing it back to a little football talk here, gentlemen. Uh, and we were discussing this. Gunner brought this up during our pre-show meeting, and, and I love the uh, I love the topic here. Five things that we learned from the NFL season, just the takeaways. Now we we all know, you know, one of the things in addition to the Eagles losing, obviously in the in the manner in which that game went down, in and of itself, that's depressing and a bummer. But the other reality is, man, football is over. Like the football season is over. There's no games to look forward to. It's going to be till September till we get a game again. Now they do a great job. The league does of, as we talked about earlier, having the combine and having the free agency and draft and all that. So that it's, it keeps you entertained 24 seven. They're brilliant. But for right now, let's sort of look back a little bit at some of our takeaways. Um, who wants to, to kick it off first? Doesn't that necessarily be in a, in an in exact order? Five, no, four, three, two, one. No, no order. Random, yeah. random. You, yeah. I'll, I'll do my five. I have no, I got no problem it. with that. All, All right. right. All right. Uh, one, of my, one of them is the Rams show that selling your souls for one minute of glory is not the best way to build for longevity. Yes. That's, you know um, what? You're yeah. right. I mean, they, they'll, they'll argue, hey, we got ours. Okay. I mean, it's a fair mm-hmm. argument. It's a fair yep. counter. But you you now you have a coach who's questioning whether he wants to be there. Yep. You have a quarterback who's older and banged up. You don't have draft picks, yet suddenly you have like kind of an aging roster. Yep. Yeah. You got a lot of holes on that roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that definitely is one of the major ones. I mean, nobody to this day has still been able to duplicate what the Patriots did, you know, right. for a span of 15 years. So in this um, day and age with free agency, it's so hard. It's, to do. it's hard to do. Um, mm-hmm. Another one is it looks like Geno Smith is not that habitual backup that we all thought he was. Uh, all he did was go out, completed 70% of his passes first in the league, passing yards over 4,200, eighth, 30 touchdowns, fourth QB rating, 100.9 fifth best in the league. Mm. He just, he's just parlayed that into a nice little nest egg. He's going to get from Seattle uh, this off season. So yeah. one of the surprise and feel good stories for yeah. sure. Yeah. Another one is, uh, you know, some coordinators just aren't meant to be head coaches. Nathaniel uh, Hackett 
became only the fifth head coach since the NFL-AFL merger that did not complete his first season as a head coach in the National Football League. And we talk about this all the time. There are players who are not good coaches. There are some people who never played the game at the highest level that are great coaches. And there are position coaches that are just not meant to be the head coach. And uh, I think he needs to look, take a long, hard look in the mirror and realize that he might be a good coordinator, but you don't have what it takes to be a head coach. Well said. Well said. Uh, next one is, if you have the right coach and coaches in place, you can find a measure of success. What Brian Dayball did with the Giants was simply incredible. He took a roster that won four games the previous years and made them into a playoff game, and he parlayed that into a Coach of the Year honor. Not only was he great at what he did, but look at what he got. He went and got Wink Martindale. Look what they were able to do with that defense. Wasn't a great defense, but it was a much better defense than what they had. Hmm. And finally... The Detroit Lions are no longer the laughing stock of the National Football League. That team came down to the last game of the season and almost got in and had a winning record at 9-8. and eight. And here we are. We've already talked about Detroit's going to be a team to be reckoned with in 2023. They need to add a few more pieces on defense. But uh, that team is turned a corner after being such a laughing stock for so many years. Yeah, well said, Derek. Yeah, I, and yeah, I, I think he covered a lot of uh, a lot of strong ones there. Um, yeah. That's for sure. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll go. You want to go, Barrett? You want to hit it? Go ahead. I'll, I'll go hit it. All right. Um, rental QBs are becoming out of out of vogue now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody thought you bring in a you bring in a a, a a Brady, you win a championship. Well, no, only Brady can do that. Yep. These rental quarterbacks that we bring in, they were great once, like in Denver. Look at them now. You know what I'm saying? Look yeah. at the positions they're in now. You know, it worked for a good – it became vogue for a little while, you know, because the Rams won one, Brady didn't won one, you know. But now it's back to basics. The young quarterbacks that come up through the system mm-hmm. are the guys that are performing at a high level. Look at mm-hmm. Cincy, uh, uh, Buffalo, um, the Eagles, mm-hmm. you know, teams like that. So, yeah, um, Great example is the Colts. They've tried it exactly. three, three different – <laughs> right. How about right, Denver? Right. Denver, that's what we said, Denver, yeah. uh, Atlanta – yeah, it just doesn't work. Um, the running the ball is coming back. Running yep. the ball is becoming a staple in a lot of people's offense. It used to be you pass the ball, pass the ball, but the running game won the Super Bowl for the for the uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. It won it for them, bro. So, yep, yep, bad. Yep. Um, owners that stick their head too much in the in the in the coaches' room lose. Mm. They lose. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You got you know you got Dallas. Look at the Colts again. You know what I'm saying? You just can't can't be that involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Daniel Snyder and what's going on with the Washington. You just can't do it when you're when you're when your ownership gets more highlight uh, gets more uh, press than you do. Your team does. That's when you're usually losing. Um, let me see what was other. Um, coaching is still a must in the league, and we figured it out pretty daggone severe. And I yeah. lost to the to the to Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, yep. I didn't think that Andy had it like that. You know, I forgot how good he was. Well, he he said, "Hey, I'm back. I'm back, bitches. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm back good." You know what I'm saying? And my last one is, you know, it's still the trenches, man. The trenches win, and and you know, O line and D lines win championships, and our O line got beat up by their D line, and our D line mm-hmm. got beat up by their O line. So, good one. Good list. Good really list, good list. Dude. Yeah. Um, to borrow a phrase from Dennis Green, 
the Cowboys are who we thought they were. Yep. All <laughs> great. The stuff, great. All, you know, all the stuff we heard during the regular season and look out and here comes Dak and blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. This is different. And they beat up on the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, this is it this year. Now they're legit. And then they go out and lay an egg the, the following week and get bounced. Um, we hear it every year. Every year they are the biggest hype team. Jerry talks all his nonsense. They're on national TV all the time. Every pundit bends over backwards because they're all have ties to the Cowboys. And then every year they, they finish with a thud. So they finish with another mm. thud. So there we go with the Cowboys once again. Uh, the Buffalo Bills need to get to or win a Super Bowl this year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. They, they, they've been the bridesmaid too many times here. They need to be the bride. You know, I, I don't I don't want to hear about Josh Allen and the defense. And I love Sean McDermott. But, like, you're you're in that that weird territory now, man, where you need to make that leap. You, you've had a couple of opportunities where you've maybe fallen apart in some in some, you know, big playoff games. You need to deliver. Now, there was a lot going on last year. Damar Hamlin, you know, the, the city itself got crushed with uh, snow and whatnot. Okay, I get all that, and that's they real. They lost Dayball. Yep. Dayball, yeah. But if you're, you know, who you think you are, and you have Josh Allen, you have all these other pieces, you got to get over the hump, man. So Buffalo needs to make a move. Dan Campbell can coach. Amen. You know, for, for wow. all, the, all the other stuff. Amen that goes along with it. And, you know, and we know what he was, he's an excitable dude and all that, but and everybody wanted to mock him. He's not a joke and his players respond to him and he's going to have Detroit in the playoffs for the first time next year in, in a long time and being Absolutely. a threat. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to him, man. Um, I think he's done a really good job and I, it's, it's not, I have no ties. Barry, you played there. I, I have no ties to Detroit. I like to see some fresh blood every once in a while. So Absolutely. I do too. You know what? Uh, uh, yeah. I'm it got to a point. You got tired of seeing the same AFC NFC conference championships, the same, you know, 12 playoff teams every year. I like seeing some fresh blood in there. Yeah. Yeah. No so good, good for him. Um, the other one I'll throw out there. Uh, the jets are really close. I think if the Jets get a, a decent quarterback yes. with the young talent that they have and that, that kid who's coming back at running back, Brees Hall, they're a playoff team because I think Miami's there for the taking. I think New England's there for the taking in that division. Yes, Buffalo's really good, but I think they could be the second best team in that division with a with a you know right move at the quarterback spot. So they're really close, bro. You're yeah. right. So that's another team, the kind of fresh blood team, to, to get it going. Uh, and I know Salah's keeping his receipts, so have him ready because this year could be some receipts. I would go uh, so far as to say coming. if they get a if they get a quarterback who can manage the offense, they can go toe-to-toe with Buffalo right now. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. I would agree with yes. that. I'm going to stay in that division for a second. You know, it'll be – geez, four – You know what? Yeah, back. Go ahead. One thing, you, 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 I mean, we need to take their same draft plan that they had. Yes. They got a corner – that's right. Rush in in the first round. That's Maybe right. Think about that, bro. And a, and a quality receiver, not that the Eagles. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yep, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to say in the AFC East with the Patriots. It's I think it's four years since Brady left, and they've just been okay, mm-hmm. you know. And we know how great Belichick is and what he's been able to do and all that. But there is no question if it keeps going this way and they end up either not being a playoff team or just being sort of an okay team and sneaking in every mm-hmm. once in a while how much more favorable we're going to look at the Brady part of the Brady Belichick marriage as time goes on. We just are. And that's not to take anything away from Belichick, but you need, if you don't have a great quarterback in that league, a lot of things don't really matter. Right. And you know, Brady was that dude. Uh, the, so. the debate has always been, did Brady make Belichick or Belichick make Brady? And I think we found that out immediately after Brady left and went to Tampa Bay. Yes. Immediately. Yep. 
Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so they're my, my observation. That was good. That was fun. That was a fun exercise. Uh, good work out of uh, Gunner uh, for that one. All right, let's do some birthdays. We're, we're tight here. We're a little tight. How much time we get? Ooh, yeah, we are tight. tight. All right, Daryl Green, former uh, – then they were called the Redskins. Great player, 63 mm-hmm. years old. Uh, Mark Price, 69 years old. Excellent NBA player. Matt Groening, who was the creator of The Simpsons, is 69. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher McDonald, who was Shooter McGavin from uh, – from uh, I draw the blank on Happy Gilmore, uh, is sixty eight years old. Meg the Stallion is twenty eight years old. Today. The Stallion is a male horse, and when she's a male horse, then I just thought I. So what? So what is that saying? I'm, I'm not, just saying. I'm just saying. No, I'm not touching it. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Chris Farley would have been fifty nine today. It's a shame yep. we lost him yep. really young. Um, uh, Galileo. It was born on this day, 1564. Yep, uh, Susan B. Anthony uh, did a lot for suffrage and women's rights, born on this wow. day, 1820. Cesar Romero, the actor, 1907. Harvey Corman, the actor, uh, comedian, 1927. Uh, Yarmir Yager's 51 today. And Gary That's Clark great. Jr., who's a great guitarist, is 39 yep. years yes, old indeed. today. Uh, you guys got any? We'll sneak them in real fast. We got about a minute and a half. Yeah, Griselda Blanco, the Black yeah. Widow. Oh man, head of the Medi- she, uh, she was Medellin cartel. She was no joke. Oh, uh, Medi- yeah, yeah, the Medellin cartel. Yeah, she was yep. lethal. Yeah, yep. George Russell. Uh, he's uh, opposite of uh, Lewis Hamilton in F1 racing for Mercedes. Okay, I know you like that there. You know, nice. and, thank um, you. Birdman turned fifty-four today. Oh, okay. You know, Birdman. Yeah. That's all I'm going with today. Have it, you got her real quick. Uh, Jane Seymour. Okay. Uh, she's 72 today. You said yep. Birdman. John Barrymore, the father. He was a great actor, father of Drew Barrymore. Mm. Uh, we also have, uh, you said Christopher McDonald. Okay. Uh, we have also Corinne Fox, daughter of Jamie Fox, 29 wow. uh, as well. We also have John Hadle, quarterbacks today. John Hadle, 83. Huh? Ken Anderson, 73. Ken Anderson, okay. Yeah, Ken Anderson. Uh, Marcus Gilbert. Former offensive tackle in the NFL, 34. Okay. Um, Amy Van Dyken won four gold medals in swimming, 1996 Olympics. Yep. The great singer, Melissa Manchester, is yep. 71 today. And uh, Major League catcher, Russell Martin, 40 years old today. All right. All right. Five uh, or six more. That's it. I'm done. That's it. Uh, Breakfast Club came out on this day, 1985. Yes. Uh, John Q with yep. Denzel in 02. Super Troopers and O2. All right, we're we're uh, we're we're done. We are. So tomorrow we're gonna have Derek Bodner. Many other fun uh, twists and turns for you. I want to thank Xander Kraus. Thank all of you in the chat section. All of you streaming. All of you listening. Don't go anywhere. You got three hours of the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. All right, fellas, it was fun. Back at it tomorrow, same time for Gunner for Barrett. I'm Rob. Thanks for watching. Try to everybody. be nicer to D Gun tomorrow. Try to be nicer to D. That'll be our theme tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow at noon.
save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.